My name is Matt Brown. This is my yard now. And let's start the show. It's a wonderful time of year. a better place because you are here to join us. My name is Matt Brown and I am the host of the Productive Conversations podcast. It is Thursday, March 31st, 2021, the final four and WrestleMania this weekend. I am so hyped and we got to talk about it. But before we do, don't forget to like and subscribe to the Productive Conversations podcast on all podcasts and platforms and YouTube, and don't forget to check out exclusive content regarding this show on ProductiveConversationsPodcast.com. And don't forget to check us out in the world of social media. We're on Instagram at Productive Conversations Podcast. We're on Twitter at ProdConvoPod. We're on TikTok at Productive Conversations. So what a week it has been. A huge week, a productive week, a week where we became better people, or at least I'd like to think so. At least I have. I feel that... Um, with all the things and grinding I did this week, I think it uh, it is a good chance to relax and get ready for more opportunities in the future. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. So that was my week, and I hope everybody had a great week themselves. It only leads to this big weekend we have ahead. So this show is going to be split up into two parts. The first part where you will focus on March Madness and the Final Four, and then the second part will focus on WrestleMania. But first with March Madness. This tournament has been everything we wanted and then some. Seriously, you cannot ask for a better tournament this year. In this specific year, after two years of grueling stress from the pandemic, where things are relatively back to normal, and you have March Madness have... One of its best runs ever on the men's side. Seriously, from stellar upsets, Cinderella stories, coaches making a big name for themselves, this tournament has been really special and people will remember the 2022 March Madness tournament. And then when you focus on the final four, where you have four classic schools getting the chance to compete for a national championship, first we start with... Kansas and Villanova. Villanova with a rocky start during the regular season and then just have bounced back to make it all the way up, which shows why Jay Wright is one of the best coaches in the game of basketball. You have Kansas, a number one seed, who people doubted. Some people would go as far as to say that they are the weakest number one seed, yet they're still here in the Final Four. Then you have Duke versus North Carolina. Can you have a bigger rivalry in men's college basketball? Tell me. Tell me which two schools would make a bigger rivalry than this in college basketball. It definitely wasn't U Hart versus UMBC. It's not, you know, Rugders versus Seton Hall. It's Duke and North Carolina who have never met in the big dance at all and you're telling me for the first time they meet it's in a final four and you have coach k in his final season you're telling me that's how this is all panning out then you have new guy on the block hubert davis in his first year coaching after roy williams retired last year oh roy if you just stayed one more year but regardless 
It's Duke and North Carolina playing in the Final Four at about 8.49 p.m. Eastern Standard Time in the Superdome. That gives me chills. Like, seriously, that gives me a lot of chills. And I am so thankful I have a podcast reflecting on it. I really think this game will be epic. I think this game will be close. Uh, We'll talk about the spread and uh, the money line when we begin our interview. But simply, shit is about to go down. And also, Kansas and Villanova is going to be a great game in itself, too. You know, maybe we have the Nova and North Carolina rematch from what? It was 16 or 17 with the game-winning shot. Maybe that happens. Or Coach K has a chance to win a national championship in his last season. (laughs) This is dope. This is what it's all about. So let's talk about the Final Four preview, and we'll also talk about, you know, the great run St. Peter's had. We'll talk about UConn falling short because this is all Connecticut people in this podcast. We'll get into a, a, a few other stories regarding the big dance, but we're going to focus on the Final Four, and we'll make our predictions for who's going to make it, who will compete in the national championship, and who will ultimately, who will ultimately win it. Because the next time we're on the national championship, will already been would already have been played on Monday, so um, lots to do covering this stuff. But Alex Ranelli and Brandon Gutierrez are back again after a few weeks when the tournament started. Let's check in how good our brackets did. Mine was definitely awful and embarrassing, and and if it wasn't for these competitive games, I probably would have given up on the tournament. But I'm a sports fan beyond that. I'm a college basketball fan beyond that. So this was so worth it. And it's great to talk about the fan perspective uh, regarding this historic 2022 March Madness tournament. So let's get into it. Alex and Brandon, it's your guys' turn once again. Then after that, we'll talk WrestleMania with the crew. But before that, let's talk about the Final Four. Here we go. This is a very productive conversation. Let's be real. This tournament has been awesome. The 2022 March Madness tournament has exceeded expectations. We've seen in some insane Cinderella stories. We see some players and coaches make a name for themselves. And ultimately, it leads up to this weekend, one of the best weekends of the year, the Final Four tournament final four saturday for men's college basketball we've got it the final four teams are gonna be kansas versus villanova and then duke versus the university of north carolina you can't ask for anything better i have alex ranelli and brandon gutierrez with me what's going on gentlemen things good yeah everything's good over here happy to be back at it man missed you guys yeah (laughs) We're all winning here. So let's hop to it right away. So these four teams are going to go at it in New Orleans in the Superdome. But before we got get into this big Saturday to Saturday's game, Saturday's Final Four, and then Monday's National Championship, how do you guys think, what did you guys think of the tournament as a whole? And then after that, talk to me about how your brackets win. So first... The tournament as a whole, I already said my piece saying that this was a lot of fun. Things didn't go as planned in some certain aspects, but that's exactly why we love this tournament. So unpredictable and so much fun. Alex and Brandon, what do you guys think of the tournament as a whole? 
last time I prepared like a prepper, man. This is this was some BS this year, I'll tell you. I thought I, had, I, thought I was ahead of the curveball on a bunch of teams. Um, they ended up biting me in the ass. They were either ill prepared or had bad matchups. Um, I had Arizona in the, in the Elite Eight. They didn't even make it there. Um, I had Tennessee in the Sweet 16. They completely laid out on me. Um, man, I, Wisconsin really screwed me, but it all started with the first weekend. It's on Thursday night, freaking Iowa losing really screwed me up on the right side of the bracket in the Midwest. So um, I was pretty much doing, I was kind of playing with house money uh, as a fan um, immediately after that. But from a competitive standpoint, if I had put money on anything, I would be uh, selling my house. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're glad you don't have to sacrifice like that. Me neither. <laughs> Brandon, what? How do? What? How do you? How did the tournament go for you? What did you think of it as a whole? Uh, it, was, <laughs> it was a great tournament. I loved it. it was, you know, there's a lot of Cinderella stories, and uh, they don't call it March Madness for no reason. It definitely was madness. A lot of a lot of upsets that I did not see. You know, like me, same thing with Iowa. I thought Iowa was going to go way farther, and then it was a huge upset in the Midwest. And then I got destroyed in the East as well, Kentucky and knocked out by St. Peter's, the freaking Cinderella team probably of this year, making it all the way to <clears throat> the Elite Eight. Just nuts. I just, you know, I got my bracket turned completely on its head pretty much, I would say. But uh, overall, great time, great tournament, great games, loved it. Yeah, it was a it was a bad tournament for me. This was probably my one of my worst brackets. <laughs> I've won one of these before. I've won a pool before, and yeah, nice. I've I've gotten in fourteen percent. It oh, was God. just a joke. Yeah, this year it's it was nuts. You know, just this is every year this month. These these teams just transform into uh, so many sleepers that end up just having a terrible regular season and go into the, you know, into the tournament and then just turn around completely. You know, Arizona, awesome regular season. And then, like Alex said, didn't even make it to the elite. <laughs> and you would have never expected that. You would think that they played flawless basketball. They would come into the tournament and an ease to, yeah. the, to the final four. I, I think I think as fans, what we do, especially when we like prep really hardcore and we really get into it and passionate about it, is we kind of start to kind of walk that thin line between getting, you know, upset happy and picking like the true blue bloods, the big brand that like are supposed to move on after the first weekend. And I think that I kind of fell into that problem on um, the round of 32 because I had teams like, you know, Murray, I had like teams like Murray State going far. I had um, St. Mary's going far. I had a lot of teams that shouldn't have been there that I had there. And I think that we kind of fall in love after the first round and it gets us in trouble. Mm -hmm. That's the one thing that differentiates the professionals to these are college kids and college (laughs) athletes. Like they really do turn it on. in the biggest stage of them all. And one specific, one specific uh, example, I didn't think Duke would get out of the second round. What a mistake that was. And because they just would did not win big games uh, during the regular season. I mean, the coach K I honestly thought this was just it, but he's in the final four and it, those, those teams play for him. And, 
you're right. It, what does it really matter to go hard, be a hardcore, you know, analyzer like the John Rothstein? It's it really doesn't matter. I mean, just looking at these. I mean, let's look at the Elite Eight specifically. You had a 15 seed in there, a fourth seed, an eighth seed. I mean, North Carolina is in the final four as an eighth seed. You have uh, you had a 10 seed in there with the Elite Eight. I mean, it, it, you really do. It really is a game of luck. Whoever perfectly analyzed it um, and said they said they uh, thought it would be this way. You're definitely nuts. You filled out probably 15 brackets. And it shows why there's probably never going to be a perfect bracket ever. It's just too unpredictable. Yeah. And and I feel like every year the, the, the law of, you know, go with senior guard play picks is always kind of broken after the first round too. So like, you know, that's always like the safe way to kind of navigate your bracket, especially after the first weekend, once things settle down and Mm -hmm. that didn't happen this year. Like, um, you know, Maybe, maybe not guards per se, but like, you know, Texas Tech um, was definitely a big one. Uh, Baylor really screwed a lot of people up. Um, teams like that had really, you know, high prospects to make, take things a step further. And they kind of defied the rule of thumb this year, um, especially with picking senior guard um, driven and run teams. So I think that was definitely something that caught everybody off surprise. But I mean, you know, you guys talked about the experts. It's like, you know, Greeny and, and Billis and all them, like a lot of them had Arizona there. And I think that that was a little bit of fool's gold. I think everybody got a little ex- overexcited, including myself, um, seeing them beat UCLA um, towards the end of the season and thinking, oh, they're the best in that part of the bracket. They're easy, clear, number one seed. But um, they were fool's gold, and they got a lot of people, I think. Yep. It is the wrong time to have a bad game in this tournament <laughs> for yep. some schools. Yeah. And it's all about who wants it more. And it's all preparation from there. You know, one of the, the probably the biggest story next to one of these final four matchups is definitely the St. Peter's Cinderella run from Jersey City's own campus is about five minute drive from my apartment. Now you drive it all the time. And who would have thought that was an elite eight school? What'd you guys think of their run? And at any point when they played on Sunday night, did you think they had a chance to upset UNC and make it to the final four as a 15 seed, even though, and then they just lost by 20 anyways? Uh, I, I was just talking about this with someone and we were talking about St. Peter's and what, what we found why St. Peter's is so good is he, there's so many guards. They had, they have so many like ample amount of guards in that team, which made them so good in the guard play. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like, when it came to UNC, they didn't, they didn't have a chance. You know, they we were talking about how they had great shooters on the St. Peter's team, great guards, but they had no down low uh, court mm. play, no really big guys and stuff like that. And that's where UNC kind of overpowered them. I think uh, uh, the Ford on UNC, I think it's... Baycott? Yeah, Baycott. He got like 22 rebounds. He was oh, literally yeah. just getting every single board and, you know... That just shows that guards can go so far, but you still need to have that traditional, you know, two big guys down low to kind of counteract, you know, you need that that offensive play, uh, that rebound, stuff like that. And that's why I think they fell short. I think if they would have played, uh, like, 
a different team in that position. They could have went further, but UNC just, they have such a nice balance of guards and forwards on that team that, you know, they just, there was, they didn't have enough firepower for that. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. I think like, you know, the only, the only big presence that St. Peter's had to speak of was in Defo Doug? and like, and, and Dougie buckets. Now. <laughs> uh-huh. I mean, look, Barstool is going to be paying him in perpetuity for years to come, but uh, no, um, no, and Defo, like I liked him. He was, he was a monster in the tournament and he played the best basketball at the right time. But um, eventually it was just going to be too overwhelming with uh, Baycott and Manic down there. Um, I think that going forward and then we'll talk about this later. Uh, I think that this offense has to run through Manic, even though it doesn't show it by the numbers, but they look more unstoppable, unguardable when he has um, the ball in his hands in the high pick and roll. But I thought that they just picked them apart on the glass. I mean, I think to in my understanding, and I'm not looking at the numbers right now, but I think they out-rebounded um, St. Peter's by 16 rebounds uh, for the game. And Baycott just had his way down low. So it looked That's like, right. you know, I have it right yeah, it looked, yeah, yeah it, they, they, it was 33 rebounds total to 49. They, they slaughtered them in rebounds. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't even – it was just a, a pure domination. Um, and I think – yeah, I mean, I think we definitely undervalued UNC um, going into the tournament. I feel like everybody thought that they kind of got screwed um, being on the outside looking in at, in terms of the top part of that conference – I mean, of, of the tournament in the bracket. So um, I think that St. Peter's, like, yeah, they had an amazing run. Shout out to them. That was really freaking cool having a 15 seed in the Elite Eight for the first time ever. Um, but it once once tip off was up, um, I mean, you can tell in their body language too, they were missing way too many open shots. They had too yeah. many, it was plays in transition, not taking care of the basketball. And if you're playing a team that's um, already better than you on paper, you just can't do it. Yeah. And also looking at it here, the, the North Carolina starters pretty much played the whole game. Yeah. Uh, literally, the, the bench. The bench only had a every single player on the bench had a only a minute of play time except um except here Puff Johnson. Like literally the five of them just destroyed that whole program. And that's the only bad thing when you know you have a Mac conference team against an ACC just to start. Like there could be players on St. Peter's that might not even make the UNC team. And that's a hardcore oh, yeah. reality. And still that you at least you admire the push and this team did knock out Purdue. This team knocked out Kentucky. And um, I mean, you can't take that away from them. And yeah, you can only hope that, you know, this is going to be a pretty great 30 for 30. Seems like Shaheen Holloway has become, (laughs) you know, everybody's favorite coach. Now he played with Kobe in the high in high in the high school McDonald's all American, got the MVP over him. And he's on his way up the ranks. Looks like he's going to go to Seton Hall and um, on his way up to be more. Yeah. It was heading. (laughs) Yeah, he's going to give us more problems. Let's get it. So why don't we talk about the Final Four right here, right now. Two games. Everyone's waiting for this. And uh, before we get into the real let's be fair, the more anticipated matchup. But but with this, it's still obviously a big deal. We have Villanova against Kansas. A lot on the line here. I mean, some things to talk about headline-wise. You've got uh, Villanova trying to redeem themselves. That fell short lately, and they see if they can make this run again. People... 
I, for me, I've seen here and there on how they see uh, their matchups going in, but they're in the final four. Jay Wright is a great coach for a reason. They are going to miss uh, arguably one of their best players in guard, Justin Moore, an NBA prospect. That is definitely a huge loss for the Wildcats. But right now the line is that Kansas is a four and a half point favorite. Kansas was a one seed that people didn't really give a lot of credit to. People think that they had the uh, easier run to this final four, but they're still winning with exciting players with, excuse me. And Oh, whoops. My iPad just blanked out on me, but anyway, okay, here we go. But what do you think? So I think players like a, Body and Dewan Harris Jr. and uh, Jalen Wilson. Maybe the Jayhawks have something in them. But like I said, four and a half point favorites right now. Um, where do we see this going? Do you think Villanova could get themselves in another national championship? Or do you see the Jayhawks return to some type of glory? as well so both both this would be a great win for both schools and both programs obviously but who do you see making it to saturday monday night uh you want to go first out you want me to oh uh, you can go ahead i think if it comes down to it you know whether i want to say it or not <laughs> well, big against the Villanova fan base, but I think Villanova, they have a clutch factor to them, and I think they are going to take it. I think Kansas has proven to be a very good team. I think that Kansas, I think they haven't shown me enough to be solidified saying that Kansas is going to win this next game based off the teams they played in the tournament. I wow. think, yes, I think, yes, Villanova has a problem with Justin Moore being out, but I think they have the players to step up to make up for that, for Justin Moore being out. Do I think they're going to take it all? No, but I think they can, I think they can make it to the, the championship. I think that with uh, the coaching staff and all of them, I think they're going to clutch it out. I think it's going to be a close game. But I think uh, the way they played Houston and Houston being a bigger team and having great forwards, I think mm-hmm. they can really uh, do some damage against Kansas. Yeah, and people do like their starting five. People went as far as to say they are a six-man team. And if they are as legit as you say, they really shouldn't have a problem even in Moore's absence. Alex, where do you see this matchup going in the Jayhawks and the Wildcats? Uh, Taking the opposite. I'm going the antithesis of Bill. Um, look, I I fully believe that when healthy, Villanova can go toe-to-toe with Kansas, but this just feels like more of an aberration um, without Justin Moore, it, it, if they're going to win. I think that it's not improbable that they could keep this game close, but I think in order to do so, um, they can only win one way, which is slowing the tempo, tempo and having long offensive sets. Because when you only have six guys in your rotation, you got to make sure your guys are, are well-rested and healthy, um, which they barely are. And you have mm-hmm. to attack in the opportunities where you can get them. And they're not going to be able to do that um, with the length and talent that Kansas has in the perimeter, including McCormick in the center of the uh, court as well. Um, 
Now they do have certain things they can they can bank and hang hold their hat on. They got the free throw shooting best in the nation by far. Um, they can choose to do um, a zone and one set on defense. I would probably advise to do that and have Gillespie take Remy Martin because he's been the hottest player for Kansas throughout the tournament. Um, Gillespie, he's he's got to be the game changer. He's got to go for thirty in this game to keep to keep it close, in my opinion. Um, Jermaine Samuels has had a stunning, phenomenal series so far: sixteen and ten versus Houston, twenty-two and seven against Michigan, seventeen and eight with OSU. Um, totally, definitely the glue guy in the center, um, and he's going to have to have a big game as well. But I just think that Kansas is is just um, they just have they just have an advantage everywhere else besides Gillespie. I think that um, I'm going to totally butcher his name, but Ajibaji, Ajibaji, he's a stud. As long as he has a clean game, doesn't turn the ball over. Um, he can go in 18, he can go for 18 and five on any given day. Um, and I think that the keys to victory really for Kansas, I mean, I, I barely see this game close honestly but they got to push the tempo and they got to dominate on the offensive glass and really just keep nova um, away from the free throw line and i think that they'll run away with this thing but um yeah i mean kansas is a phenomenal thing like like i said they're gonna they're gonna rest on pace and tempo that's how they blew miami off the court in the second half last weekend um i think they're gonna do the same to nova as long as they allow as long unless they allow them not to and slow them down um but I, I have Kansas winning by by five, 76, 71. I know the spread's four right now, and I think that the only way this is going to stay close is if Villanova um, starts to rack up the fouls on Kansas um, early in the first half and in the second half. I think that they have to slow the game down in order to even have a shot here. All right. And, you know, one thing to also count, Jay Wright's a great coach for a reason. This would be his third yeah. championship, and I think he has those players – in a good spot and really disciplines them, I think that should be accounted for. And like I said, they haven't been in the national championship since 18, trying to get in there. And I think despite that and what people think about Kansas, I think the uh, Wildcats will be back in a national championship game. Matt, uh, a feather in your cap there, because it's a good thing you brought it up with the coaches. We haven't talked about the coaching staffs. I think Jay Wright has won four out of five against Bill Self, if I understand it right. I'd have to look that up right now, but I could do that really quick. But it does sound about right. I think I saw that somewhere. Um, Kansas has been um, just, you know, for for the sake of the the, the recent future, they've they've not come out – prepared and hot in games. So I think if Villanova is going to have a chance here, they got to, they got to punch first as well. What do you think, Go? Uh, yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> I think they have to, I think they have to come out of the game fast. Uh, I think really what's going to come down to is like you say, Gillespie, Gillespie is going to be a key point as a point guard. He's going to really need to kind of be that player that drives the lanes to get that, you know, force a double team onto him to, try to pass out maybe to Samuels or someone on the three. Um, I think Kansas's free throw shooting is lacking. I think the last game they were at 50%. They shot 50 I think it's thir- yeah. they were 13 And that's key in this tournament is this. You know what I mean? You need, to make your th- yep, mm-hmm. you need to make your free throws. And um, <laughs> I'm not too worried wise. Uh, other than that, I think that, like, like I said, I think it's going to – Really think it's going to come down to that second quarter and pacing. Exactly what yeah. you said, Alex. I think if Florida controls 
I mean, not Florida, sorry, Kansas controls the pace of the game, uh, that Villanova is going to have a hard time keeping up with them. Uh, but I think under pressure-wise, I think Villanova will will keep up and in the end. Well, that's the thing is Kansas has bodies. I mean, they've got length and height everywhere on the floor, especially in their matchups. So I think the only way that this is going to stay close is if Villanova can, you know, take the opportunities, um, you know, getting to the basket, um, uh, reducing the turnovers, playing a clean game in that respect, and hitting their free throws and really slowing the tempo down. Uh, you, you're right about that. I think Villanova definitely has to watch out for uh, for for fouls. I think that's a, a big point. I don't think – well, Villanova in the past hasn't been a, a huge team to be uh, big in, in, in the foul category and being yeah. in foul trouble. Um I think uh, one one of the one of the key things we really also need to look at is the depth of uh, Kansas. That's another thing that worries me is that Kansas bench, uh, even after if they pull their starters, they're still a great team and they can still score. So that's that's very worrying. Versus the Villanova bench is not Villanova is more of like a seven man team, like seven player team. There's really seven players that really make a difference. Uh, behind those seven, there's not really any crazy talent that we can uh, look on to when uh, those those seven other players are on the bench. So, and it'll be, you know. Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see what kind of defensive sets um, Jay Wright comes out to and then pivots towards in the next in the second half because with in-game adjustments, I think definitely Jay Wright has the edge. I think Bill Self has kind of predicated himself on better recruiting classes overall. I think he's come into more talent um, at the get-go of the, of the season and in the tournament and kind of results to that. So it'll be interesting to see the coaching battle uh, at the beginning of the second half because I think that Villanova can definitely keep it close um, in terms of the margin of um, – of deficit that they, they go into the half with um, if they do run a box and one set with Gillespie on Remy Martin, because it kind of neutralizes their offense for Kansas. They're all about movement and motion and getting out on a break. Um, so if they can, if they can come out and kind of disguise some things on uh, the second half, I think it could give Kansas more issues than not. Definitely. Great insight from the both of you there and the other game, a matchup, that is as poetic as it can be. Not only one of the biggest rivalries in college sports, but one of the biggest rivalries in sports in general. Duke versus North Carolina, Saturday night at about 8.49 p.m. We're going to have these two go at it for the first time ever in the March Madness tournament. And look at the stakes on the line. Obviously, Coach K's final season, he makes it to the Final Four anyways. Can he cap off and get to a national championship one last time and ultimately win it? Or do we have the new kid on the block in Hubby Brown, new coach of UNC, his very first season? Uh, I mean, if only Roy Williams held on one more year, right? But besides that, you have this team that, despite all the obstacles they face getting a very low seed and not being taken seriously, even with a 28 and nine record, they have gotten to this point with some stellar games throughout. I mean, there was a point no people thought maybe Baylor was going to knock them out, um, but they stayed on impressive win against UCLA. And then obviously breaking America's hearts by knocking out the Peacocks, but this is great, guys. This is as good as it gets. 
The spread is a four point Duke, four points in Duke's favor. And yeah, where where do we go, guys? This is this is this is just as cool as it gets. You can not be disappointed with how this turned out. With yep. stars like Bacot versus Bichero and you know Love and Moore Jr. on both sides. These we're definitely seeing some future NBA draft picks in this. And yep. this team that both teams who know how to score and play defense. This is going to be a lot of fun. Maybe it will just be a war of attrition. But I'm going to throw it to you guys. Where do we see this going? Who's going to win this epic matchup that you do not want to miss? I'm going to say UNC. UNC. Wow. But now now I could be completely wrong. I just like how UNC has been playing. But the two things I feel like this game is going to come down to is the rebounding. Who's going to control the boards? Because mm. they both are really good at rebounding. So it's going to be a fight for the paint and who's going to be, you know, playing more aggressive and controlling that paint, um, as well as the three-point shootings. I know that Duke's last game, they shot four for ten from the three-point. So mm. not bad. If they continue that into this next game, that could be definitely a big factor if they control the three-point game over uh, UNC. UNC, I think, last game actually struggled against uh, St. Peter's from the three. I think they shot way less. Yeah, yeah, six for 22. They only shot 27% from the Mm three-point line, which is a struggle. I think that they really need to focus on getting that up and making sure that their three-point game is way better than – what they did against St. Peter. And I think that will kind of be the the edging sword on who's going to win. I don't think that – I think both those teams are really good at free throws. They've shown that they can really make them. I think last game, I think UNC struggled a little bit, but in previous games, they, they really never struggled on that front. And Duke is, is shot – I think shot uh, – was it 16, 13? Is it was? Okay. Uh, 16 for 18, so 88% from the free throw line. So I'm not too worried about Duke's free throw shooting. <laughs> so I'm really, really focused on who's going to control that the boards and the offensive defensive rebound. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, man, I can't believe you're taking UNC. Look, if, I, if I've learned one thing in my 27 years on this earth is if you – if you embarrass a rival on their home court, they are <laughs> never, never going to forget that. So much the camera came I, off. They don't want you to, to express <laughs> that. Oh, you're good. You're back now. It was like was perfect wondering. timing. It cut out right when you said it. <laughs> yeah. I was wondering what the hell happened. My bad. Yeah, my bad, no guys. Yep. We good? We're good? Yep. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, but there's something about revenge games when it's sudden death, it's on the line. You got a coach on his way out. I'm sure there's going to be dozens and dozens of uh, alumni on the sidelines. Um, not going to go full crying, Jordan, but I think it's going to be I think it's going to be um, Duke uh, that that gets the last laugh. I got them 74-69, and the reason being is because I mean, look, both teams. They know each other like the back of their hand. They've had three successful, um, uh, you know, 
outcomes to the last opponents that they uh, faced on their sides of the bracket. But um, it, it, for Duke, it's 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 going to start with Ben Chero. Um, he's got to lead the charge, and then the guys will follow. Um, I think that they got to attack the glass. They got to get Mark Williams involved early. Um, he had a double double against Arkansas. It was very impressive, very efficient on the glass as well. Um, you know, just kind of execute their their half court sets, um, and they they should they should be able to take um, they should be able to take care of this. They were plus nine in offensive rebounding, so. The, the rebounding margin is going to be critical in this game because we know how much of a beast Baycott and Manic are down low. Um, I think as long as they get to the basket and they make some threes, they're going to stay um, slightly comfortably ahead uh, with UNC. But the reason I have it at five when the spread is at four and a half is because, look, UNC's got twin towers. Baycott, they're going to have to double. They're going to have to foul him hard. They're going to have to make him go to the line and, and, and get free throws. He was an absolute monster against St. Peter's, 20 and 22, 14 and 15 versus UCLA, 15 and 16 versus Baylor. I mean, this guy is Timmy D on steroids. Um, Manic, like I alluded to earlier in, in, our, in our conversation, I think that he has to be the glue of the offense. Now, he's not a big assist guy. But he cleans up on the glass. I just think that high screen and roll, getting circulation on the perimeter, they gotta get. They have to. They have to run some trick plays against Duke. I think that he needs to be the glue guy that's gonna have the offense running through him in this game, um, just to keep Duke on their heels to keep it close. But if they dominate the glass, they're gonna keep it close. If they capitalize on their free throws when they get the chance, they're gonna keep it close. Um, if one of those guys gets in foul trouble, they could really have. Um, this, this game could get out of hand, but I like Duke, uh, by five and I just, it's very hard for me to overstate. It's very, very hard for me to overstate, um, uh, the pride that's in the line for coach K because having your last memory at Cameron door, getting embarrassed off your floor, it just left a bad taste in fans mouth. And I think that this is the ultimate redemption game. I don't really see it happening any other way. I agree with you, Alex. As I mentioned before, it might just be simply a war of attrition because clearly these two teams stack up head to head. I mean, the field goal percentage, 45 to 49, rebounds, 40 to 37, assists, 15 to 16. These teams are head to head. And we clearly saw what happened in the big stage, losing on Coach K's home court. Not to repeat your point, but I think this literally comes down to a Hollywood moment mm-hmm. where they can knock this team out. They have played. You can argue that they play tougher teams to get there, whether you want to talk about a Michigan state or Arkansas. People were fond of the Texas, the Texas tech was a huge win for Duke to pull off. People yep. really liked what they were doing. So put this all together I think at the end of the day, analysis aside, that Duke will ultimately pull it off. But I not but I wouldn't be surprised if UNC ruined it one more time and then you know Coach K can never be in North Carolina ever again in the whole state <laughs> if it turns out that way. That's that Chapel Hill. I, <laughs> um one one other thing too, and the reason I if I'm you know a guy on on um Hubert Davis's roster. I mean, or, or his coaching staff is if I'm talking to him and I'm in his ear, the reason I want Manic with the ball running the offense is not necessarily because he's great at orchestrating an offense, but if you can pull Mark Williams and Wendell Moore out of the paint 
and get either one of them in foul trouble and start opening things up for cutters and um, easy points, I think that it could give Duke real, um, real troubles um, for the game. And to be honest, I mean, I have, you know, immense respect for coach K, but he's not necessarily the best second half adjustment kind of guy. So it'll be interesting to see what happens if one of those guys gets in foul trouble and same with um, Baycott or Manic as well. Yes, and I'm, I botched that name. Didn't mean to say Hubby Brown. It's Hubert Davis. I don't know. Yeah. I was I was uh, dozing for a second, but respect, yeah. Respect to the late great Hubie Brown, right? <laughs> <laughs> definitely, definitely. But yeah, this is going to be a lot of fun. This, I think, people will you know any sports fan who actually likes sports will take the time to tune into this. Oh yeah. And let's see how it all unfolds which brings us to Monday after the teams we talked about between the four teams. You know, I said, I, I expect Duke to win. I expect it to be a Duke and Villanova national championship. Alex, who you said Duke and, uh, did you say Duke at Kansas? For my picks, I have Duke and Kansas. Yep. And then Brandon, you had UNC and, uh, UNC Villanova. and Villanova. UNC and Villanova. Great. So who do you guys in that matchup together, who do you expect to see as a national championship? I think at that point, coach K you got to win. That would be arguably the next in line as quote unquote, the best college basketball coach who's been there since 2001 in Jay Wright. Wouldn't that be a passing of the torch? Now I got to beat you, but um, let coach K get a sixth national championship Jay Wright will be hungry again, and then he will be no recognized as, you know, the quote-unquote GOAT of current college basketball coaches for the men's side right now. I think that would be pretty cool and another nice little uh, story coming into this game. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, look, I'm, I'm happy for all four coaches because I think they're all, um, you know, nothing but class um, have still still with their time besides coach K um, their best years in front of them. Uh, you know, assuming that Bill self's health is, is in good and good fortune, good spirits. He lost his father this year, but yeah, this is, this is the, this is the go-to moment to make your market. If you're Hubert Davis, um, he was, you know, he, he, he was handed the, he was handed the keys to the, to the, to the, uh, to the city um, from Roy Williams. And, um, you know, he's got all the right pieces in place. Um, I think this is one of those situations where, you know, you, you want, you want to, you want to be good situationally. You want to be sound and astute and on, and on point um, with your second half adjustments, but let the guys play, you know, put the, put the hand, put the game in the hands of these players because so far all throughout the tournament, um, they've done nothing but um, dominate the, the competition. So uh, I think this is a great opportunity for him to kind of lead by example uh, with his intensity and his effort. Um, I'm just, I'm so happy for him. I don't want to keep spilling on about Hubert Davis, but I do like him in his future. Mm-hmm. Excellent stuff right there. <laughs> What's up, Goo? Me? Oh, you guys think you think it do? I'm thinking I'm I'm looking at UNC. I just think UNC has it. And they're gonna take it. I think they've shown resilience, and uh, I think they have a solid team. I think they're gonna prove it. 
I think I have no disrespect to Duke and 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 the coaching staff and all that. I just I think he's one of the greatest coaches of all time. I just think that they're a young roster. They made it through the tournament. I just I don't think they're gonna be able to keep up with UNC. I think uh, there's a lot there's a lot that has to uh, to unfold for Duke to do uh, to win the national championship. I think uh, there's so many intangibles that I can't physically know what's going to happen, but I just I have a good feeling about UNC. Other than that, yeah, I have nothing really else to say other than that, on that point. And Villanova, Villanova, and Villanova I, I, I really don't want them to win. I'm like, remember, I'm a UConn fan, big, big yeah. UConn fan, so I'm always against Villanova, even though Jay Wright has established to being one of the – other best coaches in college basketball and uh, continues to prove it every year. Every- I want to make something very clear before Matt takes the floor. I'm not talking myself into picking UNC or Villanova. I just think that they both have the um, the coaching upper hand, especially in second half in-game adjustments, uh, especially particularly Villanova because I, you know, UNC, like Hubert Davis is, you know, slightly unproven, but he's had a great run so far. But enough double speak. I got Duke in Kansas. Go ahead, man. <laughs> Duke of Kansas. Excellent. Well, all right. So we both, so you and I want to see the talk. Uh, sorry. Nope. So, <laughs> okay. Sorry. You and I want to see the Duke Blue Devils take it once and for all. Brady, you want to see the Tar Heels win it. So this will be a fun thing to pay attention to. But yeah, pretty much said everything we needed to. It's going to be a great week in the college basketball. And we'll check in at the beginning part of the week and react to what took place. But besides that, thank you so much, Brady Gutierrez, Alex Rinellio, two of the best to ever do it when talking about college basketball. Have a great night, gentlemen, and thank you very much. Later, boys. Enjoy the game. Later. See ya. Put your motherfucking hands up for Brandon and Alex because they did such a great job. I appreciate you both. Thank you so much for your great coverage and thoughts on the Final Four. And let's see who, let's see how this all unfolds. It's going to be really great. I am so hyped for this Saturday night. So let's focus on the second part of this podcast. This Saturday and this Sunday from Dallas, Texas at AT AT&T Stadium, we have WrestleMania 38. Oh my goodness, I hear the applause and fanfare from here. WrestleMania weekend is here. It is the Super Bowl for the wrestling fan, especially the WWE fan. And in this event, where I really think there'll be more mainstream appeal than usual, you have WrestleMania 38 with the big headline matches of Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar and a unification match where the WWE and Universal Championship will be combined and we will see if Roman Reigns or Brock Lesnar is going to win and hold those two titles at the end of the show. That's going to be crazy. This is literally billed as the biggest WrestleMania match of all time. I mean, how could you not have chills going down your spine when they say the biggest WrestleMania match of all time? You also have Becky Lynch and Bianca Belair going for the Raw Women's Tag Team title. You have Seth freaking Rollins probably against Cody Rhodes. Let's be real. 
You have Johnny Knoxville versus Sami Zayn. Shit's going to go down there. Edge and AJ Styles. You have The Miz and Logan Paul going up against the Mysterios. And obviously, probably the second match I'm most excited for. Pat McAfee versus Austin Theory. Pat McAfee is a huge influence to me and this podcast. And seeing him compete on the big stage of WrestleMania only hypes me up even more. But this is the most important WrestleMania of all time. And we have to get into it. Ryan Page, AJ the Man, have come back to talk about this very important wrestling event. And let's get into it right here right now let's focus on wrestlemania 38 and we're gonna preview the show right here right now this is gonna be big ryan and aj it's your guys turn again let's get to it here we go it's a good conversation and productive conversation This is the most important WrestleMania of all time. A WrestleMania that I think will get legitimate mainstream play. They will be memeing about it late Monday night. Sorry, late Sunday night, early Monday morning. But this is really cool. A WrestleMania with a lot at stake, celebrity involvement, and just you know, pure awesomeness. Ryan Page, AJ, the man Fernandez is here. Gentlemen, how are we feeling about WrestleMania 38? Do we realize that this is the most important WrestleMania of all time? All time, all time. Should, I barely know half the matches. <laughs> should, be, should be stupendous, especially if you haven't watched this week's Raw. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say before this week's raw, I don't even know if my my boy Rollins even had a match. Yes, mm. yeah. Jeez, I, right? I wonder what's gonna happen. Oh man! Actually, I have something to say about that, but uh, we'll get to it. I'm sure. <laughs> to that part of the All right, cool. Well, like I said, we're here going each match by bat. We're gonna go match by match. Talk about all the historical significance that's on the line the pizzazz and the meme culture and uh, we'll take it from there and then don't forget to tune in on Tuesday to see our reactions from the big night as well so from AT&T Stadium in Dallas Texas Wrestlemania 38 and let's start with let's start with the biggest match of all it is literally taglined as the biggest WrestleMania match of all time. Forget the Taker and Shawn Michaels and the Andre the Giant and Hulk Hogan, Stone Cold and The Rock. No, it took the 38th edition of this event to be to have the most important WrestleMania match of all time. Simply put, you have Universal Champion Roman Reigns going up against the WWE Champion and Brock Lesnar. Winner takes all match to unify the titles. And I think for now, the title will be the WWE. What do we know? What is the official name? Did they say the official name of the tire? I thought they were hinting at it. No, I mean, historically, when they've done this, they've done it a couple of ways. Usually <laughs> it's with the WWE and the World Heavyweight title, and they often don't call it the WWE World Heavyweight title. Um, typically, they don't get rid of the WWE title moniker. Because, you know, WWE is the name of their company. However, both mm-hmm. of these championships do already say WWE. So it could go either <laughs> way. So I'm leaning yeah. toward them just calling it the WWE title. 
again, yeah, I'm feeling the same way. Yeah, but I think fair, WWE Championship. Yeah. But in this particular case, it could go WWE Universal title just because they both do say the name of the company. Whereas every other time this has happened, only one of the championships said the name of the company in its, you know, in its uh, name. So mm-hmm. they, that's why they always went with WWE. So I don't actually know what they're going to call it. Probably be, they often have the winner. Uh, they just call it that title. So yeah, usually when this happens, the WWE champion wins the match. Um, <laughs> and they call it the WWE championship after that. I don't know if they're going to do that this time. I really I doubt it. Um, but um so those, those are two kind of historical things I've noticed. Usually the WWE champion wins so they can keep the title uh, that the person who won was holding. And usually it's the WWE World Heavyweight Championship, but the World Heavyweight title is already merged with the WWE title at this point. So I don't know what they're going to call it. It's just like a cell. It just keeps absorbing world titles. <laughs> so red versus blue will yes. make a, the black title again. But bottom line... This is real. This really is a significant match. Lesnar reigns. This is the third time we've seen this rivalry take it to the main event. I think the build for this match is actually pretty entertaining, and including the Raw you were talking about. Both guys made promos on Raw, and you know, various things on the line. I think is this the dominance of these two superstars, and. You know, Reigns is on a 500 plus day undefeated streak. That's a lot that goes That's in insane. Yeah, he's on but, fire recently. Yeah, but I'd like to hear your guys' thoughts. How you feeling about this match? Before you give me the actual prediction on who you think will actually win, how do you feel about this match in general? Are you feeling the buzz about this, the biggest WrestleMania match of all time? <laughs> I'm half half and half about it. Yeah, I'm half and half about it, to be honest. I I don't know. I feel like we've seen this match like six times already. (laughs) Right? So most of them at WrestleMania. (laughs) Yeah, like I feel like all of them have been at WrestleMania. I feel like I'm just all right, another one of these is going down. But it is also cool to see champion versus champion. I'm always kind of excited for that kind of match. But Mm -hmm. I don't know. Ryan, how do you feel? Yeah, I mean, I've seen this a gazillion times. Um and that's okay, because just because I've seen it a bunch doesn't mean that others have seen it a bunch, in fairness. The new fans. Um, right, there are new fans, <laughs> as much as it's hard to believe sometimes. There are new fans. Um, and so it is probably the biggest match they could do. The two biggest stars in their company, like, probably, no, nah, not even, I can't even think of anyone who would really be close, um, besides maybe Edge, but that just ha- literally happened last year. So, um, <laughs> you know, I think that this is definitely the biggest match they can do. I worry about the the whole unified title deal. I don't know how they're going to keep the titles unified. They are owned by two different people or two different <laughs> networks. And there's no way that Fox and or NBC is going to want to lose a world title. They want to be able to market their own people. So I worry that they're going to, immediately destroy the stakes that they've created by mm-hmm. reintroducing a new title or an old title from the past and being like, and now this is the raw title. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I mean, I'm hopeful that they don't, I like, I, I personally like having the brand split with two different world champions, the whole, the whole nine yards. Uh, it's not usually done well, but it has the potential to mm-hmm. get more people on television and, I'd rather they have the potential and squander it than completely write it out of their books entirely. But I don't know. I'm just nervous that, cause that's the problem for me. That's the big stakes in the match. Again, if you're a new fan, then yes, this is two people who are clearly at the very top 
going against one another. And that's really all you need to be sold on this. Um, if you've seen this before, like I know I have and Matt has and AJ has, then yeah, I guess the Paul Heyman thing might be kind of interesting, but not really. Mm-hmm. The were, winner gets Paul Heyman. <laughs> yeah, custody of Paul Heyman ladder match. Um, <laughs> but we, that's not like they've kind of already finished that. Paul Heyman is basically ex- turned on everybody twice or three <laughs> times now. Basic, so we know what's going to happen. He's going to turn on whoever loses. <laughs> um, and that's just that. He's going to be with whoever wins. And... <laughs> That's just who Paul Heyman is. And so that's not really all that interesting. And then if they get rid of this whole title split, you know, especially if they, I mean, especially if they do it literally the raw after mania, and I could totally see them doing it the raw after mania, <laughs> um, then there was no point to the match. So hopefully they don't do that. Uh, but in terms of like the actual like match, it should be very good. They, their matches have actually all been very good. Even when everybody hated both of them, they, I mean, they've done this match where, <laughs> Everyone hated both people. So it is nice that, you know, everyone genuinely likes both Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar. You know what I mean by likes. I I know they boo Roman Reigns. He's the bad guy. But everyone seems to be entertained by both of these people right now. Right. Um, Cowboy Lesnar. Right. Cowboy Cowboy Lesnar and Thanos. (laughs) Yeah. Thanos Reigns and Cowboy Lesnar. Acknowledge me. And we've seen this match where everybody hated both of them. So at the very minimum, this will be the crowd will be into it. And even when they were both hated, um, they put on a good match. So it'll be good to watch. I'm just, again, I'm, I'm worried about, I'm interested in this whole championship unification thing. And if they ununify it immediately or come <laughs> up with some weird finish where the title doesn't get unified, then I feel like that would be very disappointing. And I'm just worried because I could totally see it happening, <laughs> but I do think the wrestling will be good. Definitely. Definitely. Now, in terms of, who do you think could actually come out on top with this? For me, I think Roman Reigns should get the honors and uh, Lesnar do the honors for him. I think this obviously solidifies his God mode that he proclaims, but it solidifies a legit. I mean, it's hard to say legendary. He's really been on the main scene for five years, but I mean, he really will make his mark. This will be a real shining star and finally beating someone he's lost twice to in this main event scenario. Well, technically once, but you know what I mean. Um, he has had a hard time beating him. I think if you give it to Lesnar, who's won everything, I mean, he took the streak away from The Undertaker. Who else could you go up against? You, I mean... I feel he's done enough and I like Lesnar and especially this laid back cowboy Lesnar who go on Pat McAfee. But I just think for the company moving forward, this would be the move. And then uh, the other aspect of it, I'll discuss right after I hear your predictions on the results. So how do you think this match could actually go? And I will be legitimately pissed if Lesnar wins again. I mean, <laughs> I, I feel like you need some like real tribe moment, but I'd, this would be the first time since like the fifth grade that I was legitimately offended by the result of a match. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, that's how I see it. What do you guys think of the result or where this is going? It's interesting that you said what you said about how Roman will have, you know, make his mark because I mean, let's be honest, Roman Reigns is already the number one or two guy, depending on if you're a fan of Roman or Brock Lesnar. Yeah. I could totally see Roman Reigns winning. I think for a lot of reasons that makes more sense. Uh, 
It's also my prediction, by the way. Um, but I have a little asterisk next to this prediction. I have that for a few of them because mm-hmm. I, it's the it's going on the last night, so it's the Sunday. Which, in fairness, Roman Reigns won the main event last Sunday or last year on Sunday. But to have the bad guy win in the main event of WrestleMania, like the you know the Sunday mm-hmm. WrestleMania, that's not typically what they do. It's not. And Brock has been pretty entertaining. As you pointed out, this Cowboy Brock is different. It's not the same thing. Yeah, I he did ar- a whole I would argue, by himself yesterday. Yeah, I would argue that Roman has not changed as much since last year as Brock has. <laughs> but, I mean, again, Brock Lesnar has obviously got his very nice contract where he does not work all the time. Roman Reigns does. And so it would make more sense, you know, for a story to keep it on Reigns. And then that way you can move on to the next thing and not have to worry about when is Brock Lesnar coming back? Because the only thing worse than one of your world titles missing when Brock (laughs) goes back to Minnesota is if both of your world titles go missing when Brock goes back (laughs) to Minnesota. So I do think it'll be Roman Reigns, but I wouldn't actually be all that shocked if, you know, maybe they did, you know, Roman loses somehow. Maybe, <laughs> maybe the rock interferes. I don't know. Some sort of Roman, you know, loss. And then at WrestleMania backlash or something, Roman wins the new world title. You know what I mean? <laughs> that the new one they're going to inevitably create. Um, so I don't, I wouldn't be totally shocked if Roman lost, but I do think that it's more than likely going to be Roman with both titles. And it just makes more sense in terms of the two men, not even the two characters, but the two men. One of them is there every week. One of them is not. Uh, so on and so forth. So that's my guess is Roman, but I'm not confident in that guess, actually. Less confident than I thought it would be when the match was announced. I don't know. I don't know. I, I was pretty confident at first with... Uh with Roman winning, but Ryan, you might've changed, you might've changed my, uh, <laughs> my, 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 my point of view. I was like, I was thinking about it. I was like, Brock has had a lot more of a character arc this year than Roman has. Roman's just been, like you said, Matt God mode and just been running through everybody. And after a certain point, how many more times can you do that? You know what I mean? And if it's Sunday night, you know, might as well let the good guy win Brock Lesnar wins, or like how Ryan said, you know, the next pay-per-view, they let Roman get either the title back or, um, you know, they just come up with a new title and let Roman have it. But I don't know. I think it would be interesting to see Roman's character, like how he reacts to taking a loss like that. You know, yeah. that would be really interesting. Like, does he completely break down or does he go on this huge, like, rampage again? You know? But I think the safe answer would be Roman. Yeah, I think that's a good point. That would be cool to see how he reacts to an actual loss. And if he lost clean and then. <clears throat> Has goes zero for three in main events against Lesnar. I, I think that'd be a cool point, but um, I guess the other elephant in the room regarding this match, a rumor that has been on for years now, is The Rock, and if he has a chance to go up against his cousin Roman Wayne Roman Reigns one last time for a quote-unquote true retirement match. As they look right here, Dwayne Johnson turns 50 years old in about six weeks. Does he have one final match? He's as hot as ever. Next year's WrestleMania will be 
in uh, SoFi Stadium in L.A., where the Super Bowl was, where The Rock essentially opened the Super Bowl, give, uh, doing a crazy promo <laughs> when asked in a tweet about, like, you know, what does this mean? What does this imply? He just says, you'll see. And other clues I could give that WWE evil series on Peacock, which is really good in the Roman Reigns episode. They left that episode end with his desire to go up against The Rock, him on The Tonight Show, saying he wants it and everything. So I really think there is a great chance if Roman Reigns goes out on top on the same place where Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Romo failed, but he's on top of that Cowboy Stadium. And you hear if you smell what the rocks cooking <laughs> and they'll be crazy. It's sad, like how AJ's 49ers ended their season earlier this year. But also, as I was saying, you hear the rocks music, music go down. They do the stare down and stare down. Twitter will stop like they did with the slap hurt around the world with the rock with Chris Rock and Will Smith. <laughs> I just think that was nice. Just, that was nice. You're just asking for a cool moment if they could pull it off. Give The Rock a year to train. And, you know, I just think that would just be cool as fuck in, in simpler terms. But Matt, do you guys feel got, as giddy I am? What? Matt, I got I got one question for you, Matt. Where's where's your Dwayne picture? Where I is know. my Dwayne it's picture? Yeah. Yeah. Goody, yeah. Now that he's in his apartment. <laughs> It's an hour and a half away. The one need, time I needed the most. You get a new one right there. You need to get a new that's, one. That's oh, Matt, a good idea. <laughs> Matt, I'm going to disappoint you, I think. Oh, you're going to burst okay. the bubble? Yeah, there's What's not a chance on? that The Rock is at this year's WrestleMania. There's no. just simply not a chance that he shows up. doesn't mean the match <laughs> won't happen. I'm not saying that he can't be next year's WrestleMania, but on a, on a card that's got Logan Paul. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Like, you're laughing, and I, I understand why Logan <laughs> Paul and The Rock don't sound the same. But just hear me out. Logan Paul, you have Johnny Knoxville. They made a huge deal out of the guy who's going to apparently be doing a concert before both nights of WrestleMania. <laughs> um, DJ Khan, which whatever. Uh, but we've got whatever. a lot of celebrity involvement. Uh, oh, did I say Johnny Knoxville? Because he's there too. Um, so like they have a lot of celebrity involvement in this. They already have a few big returns, which we'll get to. Mm -hmm. Um there's no room for the rock on <laughs> on this card on either night of this card even with the and saudi okay. money they bring in they can no, just I, no i'm not saying they can't, i didn't say they can't afford the rock they have the <laughs> money for the rock there's no room for the rock on this card oh which man. is okay they don't need him to show they don't need to do the john cena mold of the rock shows up and then does you know dick all for a year and then wrestles <laughs> They can save it for the summer or some other time. And, you know, the build can be a little bit more, you know, natural than what they've, because they've done this in the past where the rock shows up and calls his shot a year in advance. They don't need to do that. I don't believe that match should be for the championship though. I think mm -hmm. you're wrong about that as well. I don't think he needs to win on Sunday, especially if the rock doesn't come out on Sunday um, to have that match. If Roman Reigns versus the rock is for whatever, you know, amorphous title they have gone Roman Reigns at that time we already know who's gonna win because he might do one more match but two more matches with The Rock The Rock is more likely to be president of the United States than wrestle two more wrestling matches <laughs> he's not wrestling two if he does fight Roman he's almost certainly gonna lose or maybe he'll win but he'll go he's gonna go away no matter what so he's not wrestling two matches 
And I don't think having the title on the line in the rock match isn't necessary. And it kind of shows you who's going to win. Cause we know the rock is not going to defend the title. So <laughs> unless they want to retire the fake title that they create after they unify the titles, maybe that's what they'll do. They'll create the a fake title. title. Right. Just for the rock to take it and retire with it. <laughs> but that's, that's, that would be nonsense. So I think that he will, the Roman will lose before he faces the rock. I think that redemption story that AJ was talking about is exactly how you get to Roman versus the rock mm-hmm. after Roman hits his bottom, you know, he, he trips up finally, he's no longer in God mode. Uh, he doesn't take it well, probably. And <laughs> then the rock shows up and says, you know, you're no longer in God mode. You're no longer the chief of my tribe. And then they have a fight to prove it. Um, that's what I think will probably happen, but I don't think any of that's going to get set up at mania. I think they're going to, resist the urge because they have so much else going on right now look at that space i know they're just gonna tell the story that they've started the rock has not appeared in any part of this story it would be insane for the rock to show up instantly after the story ends i think they're gonna let this story breathe for a minute let roman go back to doing some you know more character stuff because he hasn't done a lot of that in the last year he's just been building to a lesnar match for almost like eight months now yeah, right gonna, that that summer it, slam when he came out yeah no seriously, started then. they've been they've been doing this for like eight months and then they covid derailed it and then they still found a way to get there oh like, yeah that's right so for day one just, yeah so it's they were gonna literally do this very match yes, this match was supposed to already happen like it's been eight months to try and t- to tell the story to try and jam a brand new story on the back of this and then wait a year to pay that one off that's gonna that takes up so much roman time but basically roman gets one story a year and that's all he has so i think that they're not going to do that not at me i think they're going to do the match i I think that that's a safe bet but i just don't think that they're going to set it up so if you're watching mania for a rock appearance you (laughs) should you should probably but also the chris rock thing um if Corey graves doesn't slap the taste out of byron saxon's mouth for making fun of carmella then i don't even know why we're here <laughs> he, he said the line on commentary last night when Byron said something about Carmella. I actually said, missed uh, Get my wife's name out your mouth. He didn't obviously he swear, really but said, he said it. Yeah. So if he, if he doesn't stand up and slap one of the other commentators, it's going to be Byron because obviously, then I don't even know what we're doing. That's that has to happen. <laughs> Clearly, that's that's a, that's a perfect opportunity there. Oh man, you feel the I'm same sorry, way, man. AJ? You just man. sorry. I, I'm sorry, Matt. When Ryan was talking about how, like, every possibility on why The Rock is not going to be there, your face got angrier. And angrier. <laughs> and they are fair points, though. You even brought up the Saudi money. You're like, you think you can't afford him? You think you can't afford Dwayne? <laughs> I, I'm, on, I'm on the same boat as Ryan, though, honestly. I, I don't think The Rock's showing up. I mean, I think he's too busy promoting <laughs> the Black Adam. You know, yeah, he's getting, he has to get ready for Black Adam. That'll be he's, the, he's too uh, busy being a superhero. The tie-in for the Roman uh, rock match to promote Black Adam. But I'm telling you right now, the next podcast, if Dwayne does show up, I already know. <laughs> I already know you're going crazy. You are going crazy. Oh, but um, yeah. At the same time, yeah, I also agree with Ryan. With Roman needs a couple more storylines. I, I think mm-hmm. you know he's he is running. He's a top dog of WWE. You know. So I think he just needs to see a little bit more uh, fresh storylines. Oh, word, word. No, you're, you're for real, for real on that. And um, bottom line, as you said, Ryan, this has built as long as it can be. 
And all you can hope for is that this is just a satisfying match, no matter how it ends. And I really think these guys are at their peak of their powers and we're going to get something interesting. We really will. And um, then we'll go start the road to next year's WrestleMania. So one thing I, I said before this, that we'll go one by one. I'll actually just start with night one. Cause it's night two. In my opinion, is just way more interesting than night one. So why don't we just go through night one and then night two, if that's cool. Let's do it. Sounds good. And so with night one, and this sucks because they're going against the final four. <laughs> and I mean, it's going to be hard. I'll, I mean, I'll figure out how to do it. But Duke and Duke in North Carolina is at nine o'clock at the peak of this. So um, this is going to be they got to think of something to uh, we know where the we know where the Drew McIntyre and Happy Corbin match is going to start. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. Um, yeah, you're good. They have to figure out how to play that in, but it might might help with their advantage of some interesting matchups. But yes, right. According to this, the Happy Corbin and Drew McIntyre match. I guess one some Drew needed some match on this cord. <laughs> it's gonna go him. We'll just start there. Who's winning this match? Is Happy Corbin gonna be sad? And is Mad Cat <laughs> Boss gonna be? Disappointed, and Drew McIntyre will get his sword, and nobody's gonna stop him. I mean, yeah, probably something ridiculous like that. <laughs> Apparently, last night on Raw, they said that Happy Corbin is undefeated since changing his luck in Las Vegas. That's by the way exactly <laughs> how they said it. <laughs> then, they proceeded, <laughs> then they proceeded to have him lose in a handicap match against Drew. So it was Drew and Madcap versus uh, our. Wow. Happy Corbin and Madcap versus Drew and Drew pinned Madcap. So I guess they're going to pretend that he's undefeated still. Did it count? Because they didn't pin pin the other guy. (laughs) So that's how you get undefeated. But um, if you look at like the the Internet's like wrestling math, technically Drew stood tall the night before (laughs) their match or the the go home show, which would mean Happy Corbin's going to win. But I don't I mean, no, I think he's just going to lose again. Um, Yeah, because Drew Drew needed something. This is something I didn't realize I'd like the nine o'clock start time for the basketball game. That's probably exactly why this, and there's one other match, which and I'll point it out when we get to it was added to the card. Yeah. Um, I want to see how much of the basketball game they can fill with like promos and matches. They don't care if nobody watches. <laughs> this is one of those. two. Yeah. I mean, imagine coach K's final game here. Well, you could have WrestleMania to make you feel better. <laughs> That's how they'll promote it. You team Drew or you team Happy AJ? I, I'm calling it right now. Happy Corbin wins, takes the sword, <laughs> invades. Sword. Yeah, invades yeah. night two and takes both championships. Oh, oh. No, I'm just, unified <laughs> title. <laughs> I knew. I think it's kind of sad how uh, Drew from last year's WrestleMania to this year's WrestleMania. Uh, what, what what position he's in on this card? So I, I call yeah. Drew winning, but I they gotta do something with him. They built him up to be like a top dog, and then there goes that. Yeah, the only good news is they're gonna do a make believe title probably, and maybe he'll win that one. <laughs> Give him the twenty four seven. Yes, I mean a little more, a little more believable than that. A little less make believe yeah. current twenty four seven championship, but with the history of. Rob Gronkowski. Oh, 24-7 title. For sure, for sure going to happen during the, the final four games. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. 
Uh, I'm kind of trying to guess who do you think the other is going to be matches that are going to go in the final four? Okay. Is it the Usos and Shinsuke and Rick Boogs? It is not. It, that's another good contender. It is. I, I don't want to give any more clues, actually. I'll give you one more clue. It is a tag team match. Okay, okay. But w- at least with this, the bloodline's running strong. But Shinsuke and Rick could be the new team on the block that uh, makes some noise. You think that's the case? Who else they have on SmackDown? They're just gonna have to make up some t- just pair people that, together. That's what, yes, what's <laughs> happening? <laughs> they play guitar. He plays guitar for them, and now they're a tag team. There's nothing else. <laughs> so there's nothing else to describe that. Uh, what's going on? However, I do have them winning. Really? In my predictions. Yes, I do. Rick Boog's got like 180 minutes in the Royal Rumble for some reason. Um, and I think the Usos are going to fail when Roman succeeds. So Roman can be an absolute prick to the Usos for like four weeks straight. I think we probably get... Y'all Jimmy. losers in this yeah, family. <laughs> right. We get Jimmy and Jay at some point, not in the near future. This is to set it up before we get the rock. He's going to run back those awesome matches with Jay. He's probably going to squash Jimmy at once. And that's <laughs> going to be right before when, when that happens, that's how you'll know, Matt, that the rock, if he hasn't already appeared, is waiting in the grass. Okay. Waiting in the tall got- grass for Roman reigns. And Matt I think that that's that will be waiting next to the rock. <laughs> um, but I think that's probably what's going to, what's going to go down. They're going to lose. Obviously, they see a lot in Rick Boogs. Shinsuke is always talented. And it gives Roman a new character point to, or kind of an old one that he's sort of moved on from, but gives him a new character of, I hate my cousins. Um, Because <laughs> his next big feud will probably be with his cousin. Uh, so I think that that's, that's setting that up. Um, I do think that they have a really good shot at winning. Um, I did put a little asterisk next to that one because obviously the Usos are the better tag team. Mm-hmm. But uh, for now, I'm sticking with knocking boogs. Hopefully they call him something better than that. But uh, knocking boogs. But I do think they have a really good shot at winning. I got I got the Usos winning. I got the Usos winning. I think I think either way, if Roman wins or loses, it's going to make a really good dynamic. If the Usos win and Roman loses, like. How's oh, Roman gonna deal with that? Yeah, so that'd be something too, for yeah. sure. If they got titles and he doesn't, yeah. this is all predicate. I made my, I made the big prediction of Roman winning first before I did the rest of the predictions. So mm-hmm. when I fantasy booked it, Roman had the title. Um, but yes, that could totally happen. Yeah, or they could all have the title and nothing changes, which probably most <laughs> realistically was gonna happen. Yeah, mm-hmm. hear that, hear that. Um, I'm also gonna go with uh, the Usos. Because I just think it'd be better their characters to be pricks who hold titles for now. So why don't we focus on the women really quick? So both women's titles as of now are on night one. So we'll start with the Charlotte Flair and Ronda Rousey. This match that I don't think has had as much build as I thought it would be. But um, obviously still a big deal one way or the other. Do we think the this legend in the UFC... Can she defeat the legend of women's WWE in the last decade in this cross between two big deal wrestlers? She sure can. You say Ronda Rousey's winning it, Royal Rumble winner? Ryan? Yeah. I mean, and we know Charlotte Flair is my favorite, one of my favorite professional wrestlers ever. 
mm-hmm. which does not endear me to other wrestling fans, but I digress. <laughs> Charlotte Flair is one of the best. She's absolutely one of my favorites. But, I mean, you don't bring Ronda Rousey back to lose to anyone, but certainly mm-hmm. not someone who really gets nothing out of beating her. I mean, Charlotte Flair is not going to be a bigger deal for beating Ronda Rousey at all. You know, like a Bianca or someone, a Rhea, yeah, fine. That makes sense to put them over big by getting Ronda one more match. But if Ronda's back and fighting Charlotte, Charlotte doesn't need to beat Ronda. Charlotte doesn't need to beat anyone. Um, so, yeah, no, Ronda's clearly going to win. And that'll be good because Fox is probably losing their world title. So at least they get Ronda Rousey. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> um, Even for their TV out. show. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I agree with you. I think I think it's pretty easy. Easy. Uh, you don't bring Ronda Rousey back, make her win the entire World Rumble, just for her to lose to Charlotte. Because I don't think Charlotte gets a lot out of this. So I think this one's pretty easy too. Go, go, Ronda. Get some love with <laughs> there. Let's go. I just hope the match is good. I just really want it to be a good match. I've loved pretty much all of the Charlotte Flair matches, even the kind of boring ones, and I'm nervous that. I mean, Ronda's been out for a little while. She has not had a heck of a lot of matches. She looked pretty good in the Saudi show. So hopefully I'm just, you know, it's like a, a little nervousness in my stomach mm-hmm. and not like, but I'm very nervous that this one's not going to live up to expectations. Yeah. Like I said, maybe that's with the lack of build and whatever, but uh, one way or the other, we're going to see if Ronda <laughs> holds the gold in the WWE. Yeah. I, and... wonder, why they, I wonder why it doesn't have a lot of build. She was not around. Yeah. She was promoting that appearance on uh, the Nine USA one show. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> she is such a terrible actor. I've never Between seen the- anything she's done as good. She's Between awful in the, the Fast and Furious. Um, she was god awful in the Entourage movie, as if that was gonna, you know. Change Charlotte things. Flair. Charlotte Flair is a bit of an actress herself. She's in all of those Cricket Wireless commercials. <laughs> hmm. Maybe so that bad. that could be the be- that could be the, the feud. That's the meta feud in my head. Actress. Yeah, it's two actresses going for it. <laughs> Who's worse? Oh, there's definitely Ronald Rousey. She, she, <laughs> she, terrible, just terrible actor. My God, Matt's like I got my money on Ronda. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, you also have the New Day going against Sheamus and Ridge Holland with, and you Bush. found it. You found the other final four tag team match. (laughs) They're going to stretch that one out to see who could go. Yeah, with any luck, they'll beat Butch so bad. He shows up back at NXT with his old name and just pretends the whole thing was a fever dream. Oh, yes. With Pete Dunne, somebody who's gotten so much love. Now he's Butch. Yeah. (laughs) Isn't that just enough bullshit? That upsets me. Vince McMahon must have just watched Peaky Blinders for the first time. And so that's what happened there. Uh, yeah, they're still doing this many years later, going up against a legitimate, hardworking wrestler that's made them names for themselves in the indies and then just turning them to a complete joke. Rich Holland freaking tried to not try to. That's that's mean. He didn't try to as an accident. But Rich Holland dropped one of their top stars on their neck. Name him Butch. He's the one who yeah. deserves the shitty name. Uh, yeah. <laughs> We're going to punish oh, yeah. anybody here. It should be Rich Holland, and we shouldn't punish anybody. It was an accident. But still, Pete Dunne does not need to be Butch. It doesn't make sense. It was actually worse than when they changed Walter's name to Gunther for some reason. Because <laughs> um, at least that was still NXT. They have a chance to correct it when he gets his main roster call up. But 
I can't, I couldn't believe it when they said Butch and then they showed him. And I was like, one, he looks so small with that stupid hat on. And two, Butch, no last name. Like, even just give you, give him a last name. <laughs> like and then they tried to be Butch like, McPherson yeah. or something. It's something. And then Seamus was all, you know him by a different name, but we call him Butch. Why can't we all? <laughs> Why can't we all just call him by Pete Dunne? Why, why do we have to call him Butch? Because you call him Butch. Yeah, that you call him Butch. <laughs> you you can call him Butch, but can the rest of us continue to call him Pete Dunne? And, but WWE seems to be on Seamus' side of that argument. So I guess, you know, that's yeah. that. Yeah, I'm not. <laughs> that's yeah. that indeed. Also, I'll, New Day is going to win because, you know, Rich Holland dropped Biggie on his fucking neck. So yeah. <laughs> I think the New Day's got that one pretty well in hand. <laughs> Yeah, so I agree with you. The next one you have Rey Mysterio and Dominic Mysterio versus The Miz and Logan Paul. Can Lucha Logan, Lucha pull, Logan. pull this off as Dominic wants to gain his respect to get his mask? But yeah, Lucha Logan just hops right in there. Is this a parallel to, uh, you know, something else politically? Or social is this social commentary <laughs> on what people trying to break the traditions of the Latino, and you just have a know. white person go in. I mean, yes, I, I, you could is make a very, you can make a very good parallel. That's not what they were doing, but <laughs> that 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 was not their intent. But you could make it if you Some, wanted to add a little extra layer to the story. But they just said, "Look at Logan Paul; he's got a silly mask on." That was mostly Maverick. what they were going for. There's some there's just some woke, woke person on Twitter going to figure out that argument there, perhaps. But, but yeah, Logan Paul and the Miz, little legit trolls, going up against the legendary family. Is there anything to this or should we just laugh at Lucha Logan's one just doing cartwheels with the mask and then piss it off the Mysterios? Matt, I'm gonna we're gonna we're gonna go out of order here, Matt. Who do you think is gonna win this match? <laughs> Me? I think clearly the Mysterios have to overcome the trolls of the Miz so and Logan Paul. You think you think that WWE brought in a real life celebrity? <laughs> And I mean, let's be honest. He's actually one of the bigger celebrities they've ever had. Of course. You think they brought in a real life celebrity to lose a wrestling match? Well, they did let him get Stone Cold stunned by Kevin Owens. They didn't have to do that last year. Yeah, but he was on Kevin Owens team until that happened. And Kevin Owens won the match. <laughs> no, I really do think though they'll, they'll just somehow convince maybe with the Saudi money of Logan Paul. Hey, just just fall down there. I, I also do, but this is the last one on night one that I have that little asterisk next to. I believe. <laughs> uh, let me see one, two. Oh no, there is there is another one. I just didn't. Um, we just haven't talked about it yet. So yeah, it's one of the three that I have the asterisk next to on night. Um, what's it called on night one? One because it does seem very out of WWE's character to hire or to bring in Logan Paul or anyone really and have them lose the match. <laughs> I know Miz will be there and Miz will undeniably probably be the one who does get pinned if they do lose the match. But I do think that that's a little out of character for them. And I wouldn't be totally surprised if they just pinned Dom and then, you know, figure out a story from there. Interesting. Very interesting. I think, um, I agree. With you. I think the Mysterios win, but I just, I, I hope, I, I just want to see one thing. I want to see Logan oversell every single punch, every <laughs> single kick. All the six one nines. 
Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, what I hope happens for Matt. I hope Matt just goes. I hope The Rock is there, but not not for Roman. <laughs> I hope he's there for this match. Yeah, I hope uh, he's there to for rock, this. To rock bottom Logan Paul. Yeah, yeah. I hope they waste Rock just for just for this match that he comes out and rock bottoms Logan Paul. <laughs> I still think that would be epic. Any chance that Jake Paul comes out? Offering boxing matches of people. Let's have nah, Jake Paul come <laughs> and ruin the match. <laughs> Just nah, because I don't think so. they're gonna save Jake Paul for something else. Jake Paul's the crowd. not gonna do it. Jake Paul's a real fighter now. I should actually not air quotes. I've defended Jake Paul a lot. And Matt knows because there's always been on his podcast. So I'm not even trying to be rude. But no, in all seriousness, Jake Paul is trying to be a real fighter. And so showing up in WWE, not a good way to do that. Until he um, loses. Like how Ronda yeah. Rousey, you have to yeah. lose your knocks, big <laughs> Right. Once someone knocks him out, then, you know, it's <laughs> I all need that all, money all back. Grabs. Yeah. But for now, if he's trying to build legitimacy in boxing, <clears throat> and it looks like he is trying to build some legitimacy in boxing, he should stay away from uh, WWE. All right. All right. So then you have, you're going to have Becky Lynch and Bianca Belair, where we almost saw an intense moment of the cutting of Bianca Belair's hair. But I guess that didn't happen. Be careful with scissors. But a legitimate match that also has grown since SummerSlam. Uh, we have obviously have Bianca Belair just there. Here comes Becky Lynch. You're just going to drop the title to her. There you go with that heel turn. And now she can obviously avenge that with a WrestleMania win and go back to back. Can she? I, I think it's serious. I think she literally can. It would be best for the character. I'd like to see the change there. It? The Becky heel turn. Mm, but it is badass, but I don't know. But I, I do think that Bianca Belair should come out on top with this. I think it would be a more endearing story. And, um, you know, if we are going to have a heel Roman win, do we want to have two heel main events back to back? That's why I asked about Roman winning. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we go. Roman has to win the first one. That's more important. Uh, you need to have Becky I watched. Lynch. I watched Raw last night and changed my answer. All right, like I, I was that. with you hundred percent. Again, mm-hmm. Roman's going to win. Bianca ends the first night. Everyone, I, especially me, went absolutely you know bananas when she won the main event last year, and now she avenges that loss to Becky. All the all the good stuff, and then they started introducing the whole haircut thing. And this is the second time. And then three weeks ago, they had the whole, you know, she beat Becky with her hair. They they brought the hair in early. It wasn't just like a special spot like last year. Last yeah. year, the hair was a special spot. They didn't talk about the hair at all until the match happened. And she used it to, you know, get that vicious whip, which sounded cool as hell. Um, this yeah. year, the, the hair came out instantly. And they're trying to cut the hair. And, you know, she's cut Becky's hair. Like, <laughs> there's all kinds of hair stuff going on. This is going to obviously lead to a title versus hair match at WrestleMania Backlash. The only way that works is if Bianca loses at WrestleMania. I am. Mm-hmm. I actually have an asterisk next to this, and I'm officially unasterisking this. <laughs> I, I'm very confident, based on the story they told on Monday, that they think that Ronda Rousey winning the SmackDown title is enough of a good guy win from Charlotte to be the good guy who wins the main event of WrestleMania. I think they genuinely believe that Ronda people like Ronda Rousey enough. They're wrong in that belief, but they believe this and that's what they're going to do. Uh, I think Becky's going to win. And then 
uh, Bianca takes the title in like a hair versus title or a hair versus hair match, the hair will play a part in the next part of the story. And that doesn't really work if Becky loses. So Becky's going to be like, I'm going to win my title back and cut your hair. It doesn't make any sense (laughs) unless she just cuts the hair. I guess they could do that. Becky knocks her out, cuts off her hair, and that's how you keep going. But I think that Becky's going to win at Mania. Mm. I'm exceptionally confident in that. Probably more so than I should be because everything you said is true, Matt, about it'd be a a great story, avenges the loss on a huge stage. Everybody loved her last year when she did it. All that's true. I still don't think it's going to happen. I got Bianca. I got Bianca. I think I think I think the story only makes sense because last year everybody was pissed, you know. So I think it only makes sense just to have that revenge match. I think this has been building for pretty a long time, but I think the more interesting story is what Ryan said when it comes to the whole hair cutting situation. Yeah, I, I do believe that. And Monday they did tease that, and I, I'd be surprised. I'd be surprised if uh, Becky wins, but I am going to change my answer mad. if on SmackDown they add a hair stipulation. To the match at Mania, Bianca's going to win a hair. Bianca's going to win a hair, some sort of hair match with Becky. So if that happens at Mania, then Bianca wins. No, no questions asked. But if the match at Mania just remains for the Raw title, then there's a hair match in the future, and Bianca's going to win that hair match for the title, and so she's going to have to lose this title match. Um, So that's that's I will say that's the caveat. It's all based around the hair. So if the hair shows up in Mania in the you know the rest of this week that i changed my answer and bianca wins i will say that imagine if uh they did add that stipulation and it was a hair versus um title match title or something yeah and then for some reason becky won and then the final (laughs) image of the hair getting shaved off good night and then they do their good nights like a a tragic (laughs) Like a tragic, sad, like Studio Ghibli movie or something. All the kids would go home crying. <laughs> I might go home crying. Has there ever been like in the history of WWE, like a truly not the word horrific, but like a truly sad ending to a story that just did it? That just didn't have I think like one like they like to truly ended in sadness. Which which was that? I think it was uh, – I forgot which WrestleMania it was when uh, Stone Cold turned heel on uh, The Rock. Oh. And he just started – remember when he started beating him with the chair and then Vince was in the ring? <laughs> Legitimate and just, violence. Yeah, yeah and, and The Rock just keeps kicking out, and then Stone Cold just keeps hitting him. Mm, I feel yeah. like that – I feel like when I was a kid, when I watched that, I was like, all right, I'm going to sleep. <laughs> Exactly. Damn. That damn Texas crowd hyped it up, though. But it should be more said. You're right. That is a good one. And also yeah. the Booker T and Triple H, where Triple H pretty much was being racist towards Booker <laughs> yeah. T, and he just lost. Yeah. Yeah. All that a, a, a nice win for, you know, a nice win for uh, overcoming racism. And, it, you know, fuck. <laughs> really Triple H said that. no. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't want to see the removing of Bianca's hair from Becky Lynch. And yeah, I think that you will see, even though we won't record, we'll record after the last SmackDown. Um, but we'll, we'll, uh, we'll see where this hair match lies, which is pretty obvious. And then the last one, the last match for night one to mention, you have Seth freaking Rollins versus 
to be announced. You you missed something else as well. <clears throat> Did I? Yeah, big one. Well, off of, I'm just going off the Wikipedia list, but um, 19 years. Oh yeah, yeah, two they years did it. Ago. Um, okay, I'll get it to that right after. But yes, yeah, okay. it doesn't have. I'm looking at the card that doesn't. They, they didn't put that segment in, so that's why I missed right. it. But yeah. On this match, Seth Rollins versus an opponent to be named later, quote unquote, where Mister McMahon will announce Rollins' opponent on the night of. Let's be real, it's Cody Rhodes. Chris Jericho literally told, <laughs> literally leaked it himself that he signed a WWE contract. I think it's pretty obvious he's going to come out. So Seth Rollins versus Cody Rhodes, unless they're going to do some joke where Horsewoggle comes out or something. They say, no, I'm just kidding. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> so, no, not Horsewoggle, but I do think it's Cody Rhodes. I actually have Seth Rollins versus mystery opponent prediction. Cody Rhodes wins. That's how I, that's what I have written down in my notes. So I, I want to put that out there. However, apparently the match after, apparently after Royal Rumble, one of the things that got Shane McMahon fired <laughs> was he was lobbying hard for a mania match against Seth Rollins. I'm not saying Vince McMahon <laughs> fired his own son to further a storyline. But if any person ever would fire their own son just to further a storyline, it would be Vince McMahon. And so I hope it's not. I'm so excited for Cody back in WWE. I was excited for Cody in AEW too. I I just genuinely like Cody. Mm -hmm. But I just, I've really, someone pointed that out to me when I, when I, and when I read that, like they showed me what they were talking about. And when I read that, Shane McMahon was genuinely trying to get a match with Seth Rollins. And then you heard all those stories for a while where it's like, Cody wasn't so sure. And it was taking a while to finish all the details. And I was like, they're not going to do Shane, are they? <laughs> like, are they going to do like Shane versus Seth? And then Seth wins. And then Cody comes out. Like, I just, I mean, like, it, are we going to have to, that would be a surprise match. Right. Cause I, I hope, I just hope not. I really hope that it's just Cody versus uh Seth, but I'm nervous because what how does that make sense? That Vince McMahon, who is you know undoubtedly a rival of Cody Rhodes in real life, uh, up until very recently, <laughs> called called someone who he fired who doesn't like him all that much and said, Hey, want to do me a favor? Have a match <laughs> with, with Seth Rollins, please, please and thank you. I have no one else, and it's you know a stupendous WrestleMania. It can't happen without Seth Rollins having stupendous a match. WrestleMania. Stupendous, stupendous. And so I'm really nervous that something weird like that's going to happen. Where of course he would never call Cody. Like that would be silly. Why would he call Cody? And then Shane comes out, and Shane gets beat by Seth. And you know, even Seth could be like, "This is not really a mania moment." And then Cody comes out and beats up Seth Rollins to set up a story for after that, which would be a mania moment. It would get Cody on the card, but it would make the match really bad because Seth, uh, sorry, Shane McMahon is really bad. Um, especially, <laughs> especially now in his advanced age and he can't jump off of everything. Um, so I'm just really, I got very nervous today when someone pointed that out, that Shane McMahon was lobbying hard for a match against Seth Rollins before he got fired. Um, and hopefully they didn't, you know, have a fun idea on how to debut Cody by involving Shane McMahon. (laughs) (sighs) The Messiah, the architect, the undisputed future, Seth freaking (laughs) Rollins. (laughs) 
honestly, I, I do think it's Cody as well, but I think a part of me is upset. Not upset, but like I'm a Seth Rollins guy, so I want him to win every match he's in. Right. <laughs> so, uh, he's not going to be Cody. Yeah. So, but yeah. So before with the whole Cody rumors, I was like, whoever he wrestles, I, I hope he doesn't take a loss to like some like random celebrity who's just gonna pop in and out. That. But if since the rumors came out with Jericho bad with bunny. Uh, yeah 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 bad but yeah bad yeah. bunny versus Seth Rollins. <laughs> yeah, I would be pissed. I would be pissed. Um. But yeah, if, if Cody comes out, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be too upset. I wouldn't be too upset about that because I I think I already unless unless he doesn't come out with the smoke and mirrors theme song. Maybe. Oh no, he's Maybe. doing he's doing the he's gonna do down straight. They yeah. paid a lot of money for Kingdom. He's gonna use Kingdom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Man, wouldn't it be cool out of the all the fired wrestlers if they had the Fiend come back with Braun Strowman as a mystery opponent? Well, that's not the, fiend, the Fiend, the Fiend I technically could happen. I don't think he's signed anywhere. He's working on that movie that oh, he's it. he's doing. So Braun Strowman <laughs> is doing it. his, you know, his his Republican wrestling promotion or whatever. The hell yeah, he has like his own promotion. So right? he's, oh, he's busy. <laughs> the Republican wrestling promotion. Yeah, he, he, he's him and, <laughs> him and EC3 are, are busy now. Um, the so Republican for what? Selling, the, the, they're selling supplements. The, the Alex, <laughs> the Alex Jones of wrestling promotions. Um, what is it? The uh, Donald busy. Trump television championship. No, they have a real, they have a real, I think they have a real TV deal. I'm not insulting the, with, the promotion with, at all. It's just, they're, they're selling supplements. They, the serious XM they're using Patriot? a lot of, they're using a lot of, no, it's a real, uh, I, I forgot. It up. <laughs> they're they're selling it's a real thing. Yeah. yeah. But they're doing like, again, they're doing the supplements. They have those weird, like airing of the grievances on every podcast they're on. Uh, they're talking about like liberating people. Like it's very strange. <laughs> the controlling Liberation. narrative is yeah, very strange. Um, but that being said, it's happening. And so Braun Strowman is pretty much out at this point. He's very busy, I would assume. All right. Well, it's going to be fun to see them. And I guess with the Stone Cold Steve Austin big return, 19 years since he last wrestled. And now he's be changing on Saturday. (laughs) (laughs) But there are so many people at rumors of they're literally going to have a match. It looks like it's going to be a segment. Basically, I'm going to ask you, is this going as to just be, hey, man, stop disrespecting me. Stunner, stunner, yay, beer, pours <laughs> beer on him. Oh, Texas, so cold goes to the night. Is that how it's going to end? Yes. So my prediction, like what I wrote down was Kevin Owens and Stone Cold. I didn't put verse. Kevin Owens and Stone Cold. Nothing happens or maybe something does. I have no idea what they're going to do. They've been building this like a match because it's been 19 years since Stone Cold wrestled uh, a yeah. wrestling match. I've seen him a number of times on WWE television doing non-wrestling. And so I don't know yeah, where the hell they got 19 years from if he's going to sit down and do it. He's been on to do his <laughs> podcast. So he's done these talking things. So I don't know what the heck they think is going to happen. I heard it's going to be the main event. <laughs> I heard they're ending night one with Kevin Owens and Stone Cold. So frankly, Texas, they have to, at the bare minimum, do a thing where after a bit of a a tussle, Stone Cold calls a referee out and pins. Stone Cold is going to have to pin Kevin Owens. I know it's not a scheduled match, but if they're going to end the night with this, it has to physically be some sort of pinfall. 
otherwise, what are we even doing? Um, to end the freaking show. For Texas. Right. Also, Texas, I think, baby. I think mm-hmm. there's a good chance that JBL and Booker T are in this segment. <laughs> um, and probably at least several members of the Dallas Cowboys. How um, about this? He gets a stole cold Ted Cruz. <laughs> I mean, I'd be for it, but I don't think Ted would be into that so much. Um, <laughs> but no, I think that they do actually have a match. Uh, I don't think mm-hmm. that's what it's. They're not going to call it a match when it starts. You know what I mean? They're not going to be like the following contest is scheduled for one fall. That that it, whole deal. It's like they're going to come out a match with Eric Rowan. Yeah, exactly. When The Rock showed up, did his thing. Eric Rowan was there, and they're like, "Call Ripped for the match." Off. Yeah, <laughs> take my I pants do, off. And rest I do you. think it'll go longer than that, though. I don't think that it'll be Stunner. Kevin Owens loses. Um, if it was, then honestly, I think Austin Theory would be in this spot, not Kevin Owens. Um, I do think that Kevin Owens is going to beat up Stone Cold a little bit, and I do think that that's when the rest of the Texans show up <laughs> to defend their the home state. From the Canadian, the evil Canadian. Um, <laughs> but I do think it's going to technically be a match at the end. Like someone's going to get pinned and it's going to be Kevin Owens. So I'm going to say Steve Austin wins, even though it's totally possible. They just have a nice chat and then leave. <laughs> just like the festival. of <laughs> Yeah. The airing of grievances is like a festivus. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hope, I hope it's a match as well, but, um, if it is a match, please don't let don't don't let, let's not have another Sting moment 2.0 here. If Stone Cold can't wrestle and do these crazy things, Kevin Owens, don't do them. You uh, know what I mean, like, Sting, Sting would like a word with you, AJ. Sting is jumping off of ladders. Sting <laughs> is falling from yeah, great heights. Yeah, yeah, he proved me wrong. Sting is Sting is not as fragile as we think. <laughs> okay, it was one bad move, and if Stone Cold can't do it, then he should leave and let Sting do it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not interested in Stone Cold just, you know, grabbing a beer after stuttering Kevin Owens. There's, it doesn't yeah. help Kevin Owens. It certainly isn't the main event of the show at that point. It basically buries Kevin Owens. Yeah. So it, they need, unfortunately, Stone Cold's going to have to get hit in the face a couple times. Um, does Texan, um, does Texan Mark Calloway make an appearance? I mean, that would be overkill. I think JBL suffice. <laughs> AKA The Undertaker. Yeah, I think that's overkill, but maybe. He was supposed to be in the Saudi show at, in some capacity, right? What if Sting What if Sting comes out and then all you, all you hear is the Undertaker music? <laughs> I mean, Sting has proven he can still do it. So yeah, actually, this is all Undertaker's fault. No <laughs> 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 one was able to fault. do it. Well, that's a good transition with night two. So obviously we talked about the main event, but... Um, where should I start with this? With Queen Zelina and Carmella going up against Sasha Banks and Naomi, Rhea Ripley, Rhea Ripley and Liv Morgan and Natalia and Shayna Baszler all going to collide at once. Which one of these teams where they figured out, all right, here's a way to get our prominent women by having them all tag up with each other. It was almost like they literally play tag. You go with you. You go with you like when uh, your gym teacher in elementary school made partners. How are we feeling about this match? What is Sasha Banks doing in this match? I don't know. Genuinely. <laughs> genuinely speaking, a main, main evented last year. Main evented last year. In this match last year, it was Tamina. I'd also like to point out that this match happened last year. 
and a bunch <laughs> of the same people are in it, and they're all with different partners. <laughs> yeah, that's what? <laughs> they just Natalia was in it with too. Tamina, but now she's went in it with Shayna, who was in it with Naya. Liv was in it with probably Ruby <laughs> Riot or someone like that. Now she's in it with Rhea, who was probably in it with Nikki Ash. I don't remember. Naomi was in it. I'm sure she had yeah. a partner. Probably Carmella. Like, what is going on? They pressed the, the shuffle button. Match. Yeah, the same <laughs> match we saw last year, except for they moved everyone around and they made Sasha Banks do it for some reason. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is practically a throwaway match. I, I Like I said before, I thought I saw it too, but then you just confirmed to me, Ryan, that we, we have seen it before. We yeah, have. A, a very similar up. version of this match we've seen before. And also, I feel like it's weird. It's like, I can't use the metaphor I was going to use. So I'm going to use training wheels instead. Like each one of these teams is like someone to like prop up the other person. So Shayna Baszler is propping up Natalia, which is sad, but it's true. <laughs> Rhea Ripley is propping up Liv Morgan in terms of popular, not in terms of yeah. ring skill or anything like that. But in terms of like caring, we care more, way more about Rhea Ripley than we do about Liv Morgan. Although that's actually questionable at this point. Um, you got Sandra Banks, obviously the ultimate prop for the whole match, but also for Naomi. And then, I guess Carmella and Queen Selena. No one's problem. I couldn't care less. Just for their reality yeah. show. If they didn't show it, yeah, I guess Carmella's propping up Queen Selena just because she's on TV now. But, <laughs> I mean, I could if they didn't show up, I don't think I'd even notice. And I, and they're the champions, by the way. Yeah. Current champions. If they didn't show up and they just the other teams fought and then they handed the winner the belts, I don't think I would even necessarily catch that. <laughs> it's like they went on WWE 2K. <laughs> Characters that just press randomize teams. It's insane. And yeah, <laughs> it's horrible that, I mean, I guess Shane has been in this division for a pretty long time. So as much as I like Shane Baser, I think I have to just admit that, you know, she's a tag team specialist for the, the main roster, but Ray Ripley, Naomi and Sasha Banks in particular, you could have just had that, their own. You could match. just have that three. Yeah, make a triple threat for no reason. <laughs> just do it. <laughs> that would be way more entertaining than what we're going to get. <laughs> yeah. Where do I go from here? The Bobby Lashley and almost match uh-huh. clearly made on the spot. Nice to see Bobby Lashley come back from his concussion. Uh, do we see this being significant in any way? Do we see... Um, Almost going to be the former world champion, right? So I guess that's significant. So you say almost is going to beat Bobby Lashley? Yeah. What what, what else are they going to do? Why would you almost beating two people at a time to lose to Bobby Lashley? Why does that matter? Because he came back and he shows that you can come back from a concussion and win matches. That's (laughs) the story. If they just kept Bobby, if if Bobby was the next big guy, right? If they were setting him up for something big when he got back, he'd come back the Raw after Mania and insert himself in the world title saying, I never lost because it's true. He didn't. And don't get me wrong. He's going to lose to almost. He's still going to say that. But (laughs) anyway, they, they didn't need to do that. They didn't need for him to be back for Mania. To beat almost and then be like, I never lost my title. Well, yeah, you never lost your title beforehand, too. So, you know, that's just, yeah, almost song slaps. So that's pretty cool. His theme song. Yes. Real good. Shake the Ground is the name of it. Uh, it's the new, one of the, the new guys uh, that they just hired did it. Um, mm. So that'll be cool to hear that in a big stadium. Maybe, he, maybe he'll get a cool entrance, to be honest with you. Yeah, I don't. I don't see a reason why Bobby would win, you know, um, if he does, I won't be mad, but, um, I don't, I don't know. Maybe, 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 uh, how did he get a concussion again? From the day one, the limit 
from the elimination chamber. And uh, oh yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. So yeah, I guess they can put them over, but this is most definitely an, an Omos, almost, almost squash match. So I guess he needed a paycheck. It is what it is. A uh, WrestleMania paycheck. What he he came, came back, came back just in time, right? <laughs> he's still he's still with MVP, right? Well, he wasn't last night, but MVP is on the him. the match graphic. So <laughs> probably Maybe he was just he missed it. He was at the bat in the bathroom. Yeah, it's the bathroom. Um, yeah, but this match also the big thing was no one could take almost off his feet, and it's not that big a thing because I didn't mention it until oh. last night. <laughs> and Bring then they down. immediately. And then they immediately took him off his feet last night. So unless Bobby, unless Bobby wins, it's, it's similar to how they're like, happy Corbin has never lost loses. And like, well, still wasn't pinned. Uh, so like, Almost has never been taken off his feet. Takes taken off his feet. Well, he still hasn't been pinned. Uh, so, Just you know, say, he hasn't not, been pinned. Yeah. So it's, you know, obviously not really. I mean, yeah, Bobby's going to lose, which is is stupid. They should have left him off. This could have been anybody. <laughs> You've got both your mid-card t- champions are not on this show. Oh, so yeah, where, where's Finn Balor? Isn't he United States champion? Yep, and Ricochet is Intercontinental champion. Uh, they don't want to put him on. <laughs> they're both wrestling on the WrestleMania SmackDown. Um, but <laughs> you know what? Almost is crushing two fools at a time. Finn and Ricochet versus almost handicap that- match. Why not? It's better than wasting Bobby Lashley on losing to almost. Um, Cause frankly, as soon as the next seven foot, whatever person comes around, they'll fire almost and do everything they're doing. Would, with when Taco full comes to WWE. That would, cause, Cause almost is not good. So he's, he's there <laughs> because he's tall. And the next time there's a tall, and I shouldn't say he's not good. Actually. I really like him in the ring until he does wrestling. He's really good. Otherwise, like his, his look is good. He's menacing. He's got all that stuff down. When he was AJ's muscle, perfect. It was hysterical when he was tossing fools. But now that he's got to wrestle matches himself, <laughs> he's he's been pretty bad at that. And it's a big part of being a professional wrestler. So I don't know. But, you know, maybe he's actually better than we give him credit for. I mean, in fairness, his last opponent was freaking Commander Aziz or whatever. So it's not <laughs> like, you know, he's not working with the best of the best. Um, and maybe Bobby will, you know, carry him to a really good match and he'll show something that I don't think he can do, but I think I'm right. And I don't think he can do it. Uh, I think, then, I think, you, I think you bringing up those two champions, not being on the card. I think it made me realize why didn't they put almost with the champion Bobby with, like, I'd rather see Bobby versus Ricochet. Honestly, right. if, I, if I'm being honest in any of these matches, Bobby versus Finn. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because we've already or, seen that before too with demon Finn. What about this? So this history. We fire almost and have Finn versus Ricochet. That literally would be a great match. <laughs> That'd That'd be be a great match. We shouldn't fight. I don't want anyone to lose their job. That's horrible. But and then Bob, he doesn't and need Bobby to be in the stay home. But you know, almost could easily won his little Andre thing on Friday. The Andre the Battle Royal would make perfect sense. Yeah. You'd get to stand there, you do this, and you'd stand next I'm... to that trophy. And it would have been fine. He didn't need a mania match. He doesn't need it right now. He's not good enough for it right now. And he's still working on it. And maybe it will change. Braun Strowman was kind of shitty when he started. And then he got really good. Like they, they gave him good storylines. He imp- was either improved in the ring or maybe he was always that good. And we just never saw it. But either way, the matches got better. So I'm not saying it can happen. But right now, almost has no business in a Mania match. <laughs> <laughs> when they Finn couldn't Balor, even do something funny right, with it. When man. Finn Balor and... 
Ricochet, who are currently champions, don't have a Mania match, almost has no business having a Mania match. Yeah, that's true. Somebody got paid under the scenes. No, I don't think it's like that. I think it just... (laughs) He's really tall, and they like that, yeah. He's just really tall. You know, what if they, Ryan, the funny things, that these two guys have said are on the record saying this. This is a really random note that hopefully maybe happens at next year's WrestleMania or something, where we have podcasters, Big Cat, and PFT commentator for a bar stool as part of my take say they want to be WWE refs. That should have been the match. You could have them refs. Almost versus Bobby Lashley. That would be awesome. I mean, listen, I know that they said they said referee, and I get they said referee. (laughs) I think you have the the pardon. What is it? The part of my take. Yeah, pardon my take, guys. Versus almost. That's a good match. (laughs) Or the Jackass crew. Right, right. Well, no, he's busy. We don't need two. We don't need them. He's twice. a no, 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 no. <laughs> we don't need Johnny Knoxville and Sami Zayn, and then everybody else gets almost. We don't need that. But yeah, seriously, get the barstool guys to fight almost. The match is not going to be good no matter who he's in the ring. <laughs> so at least then people watch to see the barstool guys get tossed by a seven foot wrestler. That'd be awesome. That would just be what Braun did with Michael Che and, yes, exactly. and Colin Jones. The weekend I loved update, every, I loved every second of that. Everyone else booed, but I don't care. <laughs> you know what? Thing. I don't care. <laughs> it's, I, I, I wonder. I wonder how many things Vince looks at like, when he's watching. He's like, everybody's booing. I don't care. I don't care. Probably most. I mean, if you watch most of it, right? But uh, yeah. I just he think that doesn't care. the match is going to be bad, no matter who he's in there with. So this is one of the spots where a celebrity would have actually done some good. Would have made sense if Logan Paul got put through the freaking barricade <laughs> by almost <laughs> a instant face turn. Instantly a baby face. That's number one. Number two, it won't matter that the match was bad because you didn't watch it to see a good match. You didn't care if any of the people involved had a good match. You just said, oh, this is something they're doing to get, you know, ESPN to cover or, you know, E to cover or whatever. USA Today to cover it. And it's fine. But Bobby Lashley deserves a good match. <laughs> like a real match. And Finn Balor and Ricochet deserve to be on the show to have a good match. <laughs> So when you have that issue, it almost doesn't make sense. When you have those two people not on the card at all, and when Bobby Lashley is going to do the freaking do the job for almost, it just doesn't, it doesn't fit. Damn you almost, damn you. But transitioning. Not his fault. Not his fault. (laughs) He's doing what he's told, but. Yeah, that. Transitioning though, you have Johnny Knoxville and Sami Zayn in an anything goes match. The star of no Jack Q, right? What? I'm assuming that means no disqualification or no holds barred because anything goes is not a real match type. So. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> that this I've ever is, heard of. Anyway. Yeah, the anything goes no hold bar match. Right. Weapons can be used. So you have, you know, the star of Jackass Forever, Johnny Knoxville, now available on Paramount Plus. Um, you have a sponsor. <laughs> they should be. Trust me soon. But anyways, Johnny Knoxville versus Sami Zayn. Do you think this is over under 10 minutes? Are they just going to beat the shit out of each other? Is Steve <laughs> going to come out and um, hit him with a coast to coast? Is a re- I'm a habit, yeah. is a re- a uh, is Bam Margera going to be redeeming himself and helping him saving Johnny Knoxville? I don't know. 
Where do we see Johnny Knoxville taking this story? All you see is Bam come out of nowhere and save Johnny. <laughs> I would I go crazy. Ever. I think he yeah, should I turn would go crazy. I think Bam should help Sammy Zane win. Oh, he'll turn from Bam. He'll, he'll turn from Bam. Yeah, he'll turn from Wee Man. <laughs> That's even too. better. That's even better. Bam can do it. Wee Man. Wee Man. He'll turn. He'll turn from Wee Man. Oh man! But wh- where do we see this match go? Is this just gonna be a funny gimmick match yeah. and just yeah? Do we? Yeah. Do, I, I let me ask. A lot of bumps. Do we think there'll be an epic meme moment from this match? I mean, no. What do you mean, epic meme moment? Like, like Chris like, Rock getting slapped? No. Like, yeah, is there going to be Johnny? No. Look at Johnny Knoxville. They'll meme Sammy something. Yeah. They'll meme, yeah, some, yeah, yeah, they'll yeah, meme yeah, something. Something's yeah. going to be a meme. But not like that. Well, it's not going to permeate the culture. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't we go to a more serious match then with RK Bro? Randy Orton and Riddle against the Street Profits, Angelo Dawkins, Montez Ford, and the Alpha Academy. What a tool name. Chad Gable and Otis. Do we see this having a, any legitimacy, this triple threat match for the Raw tag team titles? Are we going to well, see first, the RK Bros break up? They're well, really first, hot right uh, now. First, what we have to talk about is whether or not Alpha Academy will even be in the match. Mm. They they missed Raw. They were pulled from Raw last minute last night. Uh, and there's been no reports as to Not why part of the is. show. Not part of the show. They were supposed to wrestle against Street Profits. And they were mm. clearly supposed to be in the last segment when it was the Usos versus RK-Bro. Uh, they weren't in either. They canceled the, the Street Profits match. And then mm-hmm. the Street Profits did what was likely supposed to happen with <laughs> Alpha Academy. Um which actually made it a cool story. So if Alpha Academy just had like a weird, like their plane got delayed or something, yeah. then it actually, I think, could have even helped it because Street Profits essentially turned heel last night. And they've been cutting like these more aggressive promos anyway on Raw. They're kind of teetering the line. RK Bro, of course, the good guys, everybody loves them. Like you said, super hot right now. Alpha Academy also doing really well, but I mean, clearly the bad guys. Um, they, <laughs> Chad Gable's never been a good guy on television. Um, so they're clearly the bad guys since tree props have been in this weird, like they're really aggressive in the middle. Um, I honestly think that they have a really good shot now of winning this time, these titles um, the because profits. of that. Yes. Um, but because Alpha Academy was not there, the run-in that was more than likely supposed to be the street, uh, the um, Alpha Academy interrupting the Uso match ended up being, the street profits, um, which was very out of character. And then they got beat up by Randy Orton, which also <laughs> kind of made him look a little bit like tools, but um, yeah, for my money, this is a really interesting match. should be very good. I don't think we're going to see the full explosion of RK bro at mania. Cause again, we've talked a lot about all the heels who are going to win these matches in really prominent <laughs> spots and RK bro, you know, they've been main eventing raw pretty consistently the last three months. Yeah. They've been like, they've been the ones to send the fans home happy, like in the final segment of the night, a lot mm-hmm. because they're really popular right now. And so if, especially if they're not going to win the match, and I don't think they necessarily will, um, you don't want it to end with an RKO, you know, maybe have no, after, maybe WrestleMania backlash. They get one more try against the profits one-on-one and they can't get it done. And that's where the breakup happens. Like right. It's so, a no bro moment. Exactly. Yeah. No, bro. Oh, bro. Um, <laughs> oh, then, bro. 
And then uh, again, profits are not fully bad guys. So no one's going to be like really upset if the profits win versus like Alpha Academy, who again, clearly have been bad guys for months. So I think for my guess, it's going to be Street Profits win, setting up them versus RK Bro one on one or tag team, you know what I mean, for WrestleMania backlash. Mm. I, I think this could be the best tag team match on the um, on the card. Oh, it is. My, and, and, yeah, yeah. In my opinion, because I feel yeah. like all three all three tag teams. I'm not fully invested in all three tag teams, but they're all really good. Like they all have really good wrestling. Um, like they they all wrestle differently. Like I feel like Alpha Academy wrestles differently than um Street Profits and Street Profits with RK Bro. Um. I think it's just their decision if they either want to send us home happy with RK Bro winning or uh, show us little cracks in them and make them lose to, I'd probably say the Alpha Academy if I were to pick. Because I, I can't see Street Profits walking out with this. Unless maybe Alpha Academy did something backstage, like how Ryan was saying before, why they got taken off air, then I could probably see Street Profits uh, getting a win. The legitimate stakes coming out of this. And this is what's cool. This this could go either way. And there's definitely no complaints on that one there. So good stuff. So the match that I legitimately it's the second most it's the match I'm second most excited for with Pat McAfee going up against Austin Theory. This is cool. So far, it's a singles match. But I thought for a second it might have been no DQ. Did I mishear that? Did I have a Freudian slip? Or I reverse reverse Freudian sleep. All right, but so it's gonna be a straight up regular match. Vince Seems McMahon like chose Austin Theory as the guy you're going up against, Pat McAfee. You know, Austin Theory, he's very hot right now, getting a lot of steam, sending out the thirst trap pictures, you know, doing him. <laughs> and uh then it gets Pat McAfee, who's had a lot of acclaim since joining the WWE. Um, who's proven he can wrestle before he won the Pro Wrestling Insider's Rookie of the Year, I believe, right? Or Best New Star, like some magazine. I, 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 yeah, I think Best Maybe, star, yeah. yeah. I, don't, I don't know that, but that seems... I mean, I watched those matches. I would not have picked him as the Best New Star. Yeah, he says right AEW, here, according but... to this, Wrestling Observer Newsletter, Rookie of the Year 2020. Okay. Yeah, I definitely wouldn't have done that, personally. Uh, <laughs> yeah. not, that his match, not that his matches weren't good, but 2020, AEW, I mean... Granted, maybe those people are not technically new stars. Maybe they've been on MLW or NWA. And so right. Dave Meltzer, who follows it way more closely than I do, maybe he knew like Sammy Guevara. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but f- for my money, 2020, all of the AEW new guys, you know, Jungle Boy, Sammy Killed Guevara, it, yeah. MJF, which yeah. I guess. Pat McAfee yeah. won. Yeah, no. If, if they were also in contention, Pat McAfee doesn't make any sense. But. <laughs> but- with here, do we see the new star? Vince McMahon personally has given a lot of faith in this superstar. Are they going to give him the win? Are they giving Pat McAfee, you know, obviously a mega podcaster and media personality, voice of SmackDown, fan favorite in all aspects of life? I think Michael Cole would like to have a word with you about the whole voice of SmackDown business, but <laughs> I digress. Continue. <laughs> but you know what I mean. Anyways, Pat or Austin, what do we think? I'm going with Pat, obviously. that I think it'd just be cool. Great for the brand. That would, as a must-listen to Pat McAfee show the next day 
where he tells his boy Evan Fox and, and AJ and the crew there, the other AJ. Um, but we have AJ the man. That's just we got AJ our Hall. AJ now. We yes. Got our AJ. But he tells his crew, "Yo, look what I did last night, guys." <laughs> but I yeah, just I, I got McAfee I too. Cool. Yeah, it's it'd be, it's got to be Pat McAfee, right? Yeah. How does he beat him? Does he beat him in a clean wrestling yeah. move? Punk Come kick. What do you mean? Punk kick. Oh, okay, that could be it. He used that on Adam Cole. That was a finishing move for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got to be that. The man kicked off a Super Bowl. Now he's going to kick off Austin Theory's head. I I could be wrong about this. He didn't actually win both of his matches. The one rookie of the year. (laughs) Well, doesn't matter. But he had two matches in NXT, and I don't. (laughs) He said, "Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter." (laughs) I don't believe he won the second one. Or maybe he didn't win the first one. He, he I don't remember. I, I don't I'll think Google he beat it. Adam Cole yet. I think they they won War Games when he it was Pete Dunne and those other two British guys who I don't know the name of, um, and Pat McAfee versus Undisputed Era. I believe Undisputed Era lost that one, but I think when it was one on one, McAfee yeah, he and lost. Cole, McAfee yeah. did lose to Cole. So according to the Internet Wrestling Database, instead of IMBD for Movie Databases, IWD. Yeah, it is. He is 0 for 2. He, has he lost a, both those matches. He's a has a 100 percent losing percentage. Oh, he's definitely got to win. Yeah, he's got to win. He is. He hasn't won. He's for <laughs> I, two. Thought he won. Rookie, I thought he won. I thought he won war games. And he's rookie of the year. Yeah, I thought he won war games. I knew he lost to Adam Cole one on one, which was mm-hmm. actually a decent match. Um, But I thought they had because, you know, other wrestlers were there. I thought they gave him the win at war games. Well, it's going to be a lot of fun. I am just so psyched for that, man. It'd be cool to see how Austin Theory does, to be honest with you. Yeah. This is a really big responsibility because, I mean, like I said, McAfee did well, but he can't, he, again, can't do it himself. He, he has very <laughs> limited moveset. It's a very cool moveset that he's clearly worked on and gave a lot of thoughts to. But all of the middle stuff that you have to do to make a real wrestling match, especially a mania-worthy wrestling match, uh, he's not necessarily full. Now he's been training, so who knows? He might actually even be better than last time you saw him. <laughs> but Austin Theory will probably have to do a lot to like build this match, and that's a lot of responsibility. So even in a loss, if this ends up being a good match, that's like a major props to Austin Theory. He's, I mean, he's probably in line to take the title off of Finn at that point. Um, yeah. If this is a good match, I think he's probably definitely the next U.S. champion um, because he'll have proven that he can wrestle with anybody. <laughs> it's going to be fun. And then the last match we'll talk about one that uh, is very, very interesting to see how they do this. And just a match between two legitimate living legends and well-respected superstars edge versus AJ styles. I'll throw it to you guys. How do we see this epic match going with some legitimately entertaining promos? Um, we like I said, just the the first time AJ and Edge, I believe, are the first time they're ever gonna go have a one on one match in the ring. People liked it when they faced off in the Rumble, even though he dislocated AJ Styles' shoulder. Didn't mean laugh at that, but that is what happened last <laughs> time. But uh, legitimately, two of the best at it at a WrestleMania can't ask for anything better than that. So where do we see this going? And uh, how have first. you and, and how and how have you like where we see this going and how have you like the bill build because I think that is the second I can answer the second part. I like the, I like the build. I I was skeptical when they turned Edge proper heel 
and they gave him the new theme, although it's a decent theme, so that helps. They took but, away Metal of Guinness. How do you pronounce that word? Well, yeah, they took uh, Metal Ingus. Metal Ingus. Wow, same band. Same band, show. though. Altered Bridge, Alter Bridge is still who does the theme song. Um, or or maybe that's reversed. Maybe that's the band and Alter Bridge was the theme song. I'll have to look at that. Okay. But either way, same same artist, different song. Um, and they kept the You Think You Know Me bit so that's good um but i i honestly i almost see it like he's almost doing like his own little chris jericho thing what jericho's big thing is always that whenever he shows up it's never the same chris jericho like i mean (laughs) once or twice he came back as the same sure but whenever chris jericho shows up like really shows up it's going to be around for a little while he's always a different chris jericho so whoever you saw at the end like that guy goes away when he leaves your television screen, be it for like a break or to go on tour with Fozzie or to start a new wrestling company. The guy who shows up <laughs> next time is totally different. And if he ever went back to WWE, same thing would happen. But like, even in, in, in AEW, as he's gone away and he's gone through like four characters. So <laughs> Edge is kind of doing that. And I think it, A, it's see that in the wants. brood and everything. Well, yeah, I mean, he started by doing all the brood stuff, but then he did the grit thing which I wasn't a huge fan of, but it, you can't say it wasn't different. It was. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not something that he'd ever really gone through before. And like now the new entrance, the new look, the new attitude. I really think that Edge is A, showing that he's here for a while and wants to be taken almost like, he wants to be put like in serious contention. He's not like the novelty act anymore of, oh, look, Edge is back. Because that will get old. Even like Not for me, Edge is my favorite wrestler. Ever. But for other people, Edge will... Uh, Edge will get old. Eventually be like, all right, fine. Edge is back. We get it. So he's changing because I think he genuinely wants to be taken seriously as like a current performer. Like he wants to leave a mark in today's landscape, not a nostalgia pop. Great um, to hear that. And so I've liked the build. I was a little bit disappointed when they, you know, changed his character so much, but I think it's ultimately for the better. And I do think it puts the winner of this match in question. So much so that I put on my actual prediction, Edge versus AJ Styles, ending in double countout. I don't think <laughs> at they're WrestleMania. going at WrestleMania. And I think it's going to be a long match. Um, so for people, it's not going to be a quick double countout. I think it's going to be them beating the living crap out of each other at ringside and then just not getting back in the ring. Just continue to hit each other. <laughs> the match ends. They're going to do a post-match beatdown. And that's going to set up the they're going to run it back at WrestleMania Backlash falls count anywhere or last man standing or something like that to give it some more stakes. I really don't think that either one of these guys should lose at WrestleMania, whereas before I was like, yeah, okay, Edge is the nostalgia guy. He typically comes back and loses these big matches and then he'll win every once in a while on like a B show with his wife or whatever against the Miz to, you know, keep his credibility up. But I don't. And I thought that was what was going to happen this time. AJ is going to get a nice win after doing all of that, you know, wonderful work for Omos. Uh, <laughs> but I don't think it's going to happen. I think this is a serious rivalry. Both people have shown that they're serious competitors still, um, which makes sense. Their edge is, you know, edge and AJ Styles is the best wrestler ever. So I think they're going to do some sort of non-finish. They're going to make it as, try and make it as good as possible. And I know people are still going to hate it, but I think it's going to lead to uh, a stipulation match at WrestleMania Backlash. And maybe 
when that new title gets crowned, Edge is going to be in line to to start that thing up, to give it some instant credibility mm-hmm. by having the whatever the new championship is, you know, being the inaugural champion. I think that's something that could happen, and it could happen after Edge beats AJ at the next pay-per-view, but I really don't think either person can afford to lose at Mania. So I'm going to say double count out. I'm not picking a winner. <laughs> okay. So. Double count out, not picking a winner. And I'm just going to go with AJ Styles winning. <laughs> I think, as you said, this dude really made a sacrifice almost a year of his entire career while he's still killing it out there to grow almost who can't fall down. But um, I think this would be a nice. I think it would be a well-respected matchup like that Kurt Angle, Shawn Michaels, Matt WrestleMania match type of just two at it one-on-one, and it will lead to AJ being victorious. That's how I see it. I'm not sure, guys. I'm not sure. I think this is the only match where I'm, like, not 100%. Right? Like, like, I don't know who's going to win this match. Like, it's kind of – while you guys are talking, you guys both have great points on each side. I just – I don't right. know. Why, eight, why eight, does Edge win? Month, yeah. Why yeah. does Edge win then? Tell us why Edge wins. That way, we've heard all three. I, I, th- I think. I think. I think. Yeah. I think Edge comes. I think every time Edge comes back, he's always interesting. He's always interesting. He's on television. He's always reinventing himself, like how you said with Chris Jericho, like how he does. I think he's. I think. I don't think a lot of people can do that. I think only a certain amount of talent can do that. And I think Edge is one of those. And I feel like he beats AJ Styles, and then guess what? I think whoever, or if there is another champion on Raw, who's there? You know, Brock Lesnar's not going to be there all the time, you know? And if Edge beats AJ, I don't think Edge is just going to go away for the next couple months, too. You know what I realized? We haven't seen an Edge-Brock Lesnar match since even Lesnar came back. That's that's one you you have to put there. In all seriousness, though, who's, like, clamoring for Edge versus Brock Lesnar? Us. No, That's really. why we'll start. We'll start. I'm not. We'll, start we'll start it. We'll start the torch right here. I'm not though. Like it's weird because you talk about dream matches, and I know that's kind of morphed into popular wrestlers fighting. But I've got no actual interest in, in seeing Edge versus Brock. Are you nervous? It, it just you would doesn't. It's not. It's not a matter of who wins or loses <laughs> or anything like that. It's just I don't like. I don't see them doing that great in the ring right now. They're, they're wrestling at very the age, different yeah. styles. At they're both the kind of yeah. older. Like, mm. they, they, it'd be one thing if it was something that I was sure was going to produce a really good match, but I think it could just be like a fine wrestling match. And given all the other context of, you know, they could do so much more with other people. Like, I'm not that I like, don't, not that Brock always needs to fight the biggest dude. I mean, Brock and Finn have done some good stuff. Brock and Daniel Bryan was amazing, although Daniel Bryan is right up there with AJ Styles in terms mm-hmm. of the best wrestlers ever. But I think that I just don't think that that match would produce other than the hype, you know, the promos and the video package and the entrance, like the pomp and circumstance between two massive stars like that, of course would be, you know, bonkers. But once the bell rang, I don't think that match would live up to the expectations people would put on it. You know, I don't think those two should fight like maybe, you know, in a while, if they're still kicking and they're like, what are we going to do with edge and Brock? Both of them are, you know, not doing anything then sure do it. But I think they're both so popular right now. And neither one of them, I think would put a good match on with the other. So let them do matches with people who are going to put good matches on with them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Let made, edge have these people. Yeah. That, that you saying that made me think I was like, 
yeah, there's some matches where I think it does it does depend on how old they are. You know, I think <laughs> yeah. so. I think someone like AJ though, I think you put them in any timeline, like anywhere against any oh, wrestler, yeah. and it's a good match. Like I was thinking about, I'm like, is there anybody you can put AJ against, and it's a bad match? And I just I had trouble thinking about it. Besides, Goldberg, of really? course, yeah, Goldberg, yeah, Goldberg <laughs> could be hard. I don't know if they fought. I honestly don't remember, but that that's probably so. that's probably a clue right there. You would remember Goldberg versus AJ Styles if it happened. You would think, um, but yeah, I don't think that would be a good match. I don't believe that he could make a good match happen with Goldberg. Um, Sounds like a uh, Saudi matchup: Goldberg versus. Oh, I mean, yeah, if the crown. Go, if the go, crown Goldberg is Saudi. Go, Goldberg. If the crown prince says he wants Goldberg versus AJ Styles. You best <laughs> believe that there will be. A Goldberg. <laughs> I want to see, <laughs> but I don't. I don't think it would be a good match. But I mean, there's been some real stinkers on that show. The the crowd doesn't care. The prince doesn't care. So why should we care? <laughs> <laughs> on that note, Ryan, seriously, that 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 was good. That was really good. This was an awesome show, guys. We'll now digest this weekend, take it all in. Is there anything I missed regarding WrestleMania or this? No John Cena gonna come out as the peacemaker. Uh, probably I probably I wish there, or Batista, no, nothing. Probably not. I don't think so, no. This this card is stacked, Matt. What are you doing? <laughs> I just, I just love the idea. Of just putting Matt. Right I want more there. big names. What Where's Dwayne? Where's the sweet? Where's Bad Bunny? Stone match? Cold is coming back for the first time in between nineteen and three years, depending on the timeline you follow. <laughs> so Dwayne and Bad Bunny. Is that what you just said, Matt? I just, I heard that's, that. I yeah, heard let's that. get that. <laughs> Only, if Bad 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 Only if Bad Bunny goes over. Only if Bad Bunny goes over. A returning Cesaro. Well, I mean, you don't let him leave if you're going to have him return at WrestleMania. <laughs> exactly, man. Well, I'll see you guys after this incredible WrestleMania weekend, and um, we'll have it ready for you. Tune in on Tuesday to see our reaction to the most stupendous WrestleMania of all time. Thanks again, Ryan and AJ, the man, Anthony Fernandez. Appreciate you all and have a great night and we'll see you have a stupendous on- night, Matt. Stupendous. You're right. On to stupendous. Tu- stupendous night. And we'll see you guys on Tuesday. All right. Have a good one. Ryan and AJ pleasure as always. Great job. Awesome insights. Lots of laughs, good vibes, and a great time podcasting with you guys about WrestleMania. Don't forget to like and subscribe to the Productive Conversations podcast on all podcasting platforms and YouTube. And don't forget to check out exclusive content regarding this show on ProductiveConversationsPodcast.com. And don't forget to check us out in the world of social media. We're on Instagram at Productive Conversations Podcast, Twitter at ProdConvoPod, and we're on TikTok at Productive Conversations. So... Big weekend ahead, obviously. First, before everything, I just want to say happy birthday to one of my best friends, my brother, Brenda Brown. Your birthday is this Sunday, April 3rd. Keep making us proud. I love you, bro. And seriously, you really do inspire me, and I'm so proud of you as this entire family we have is and all your friends. You the man, Brennan, have a wonderful birthday on Sunday. And then another best friend of mine, Sam Onchari, my roommate, my dude, my... I mean, he knows how I feel about him. I appreciate you so much. You're beloved for a reason. You lead by example. You overcome so much. 
and you're a good dude, man. Bless you, and I hope you have a great birthday, which is Monday the 4th. So two of my best friends in this world, two people who I appreciate so much, Brendan and Sam, have a wonderful birthday on Sunday and Monday regarding this show. So we're going to actually have three shows next week, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Tuesday's going to be our reaction to WrestleMania. Wednesday is going to be our reaction to the Final Four and the National Championship in men's college basketball. And then Thursday, we are going to preview the MLB season. Seriously, a few weeks ago, we thought this might not even happen, but baseball is officially back. First day, oh, why did I say first day? Opening day is this Thursday, and we're going to drop a show previewing the baseball season for each and every one of you. Let's go Yankees. And besides that, I hope everybody has a wonderful and safe weekend where they're productive, where they work hard, where they get to relax. Don't forget to check in on your friends and family. Thank you to the Productive Nation for making all of this possible. I love each and every single one of you. And yeah, spring is here. Let's enjoy it. And let's not waste any time. My name is Matt Brown. I am the host of the Productive Conversations podcast. I'll see you on Tuesday. Love each and every one of you. Peace. All she needed was some.